What is going on, everybody? Listen, it's been a long day, but it's here. The roundtable is back. With my, my boy Blue. <clears throat> What's good, man? Season three. We got to update that intro. We got to get know, what you man. got. Just, just get that one part. That yeah. one part. I do. Uh, What's the dub? I got to dub it. I got to dub it yeah. up. You know what I'm saying? I got to dub it up. But man, yes, yeah, season three, man. Uh, season two came to an end. We got it, man. It's been a lot of football. It hadn't been much football talk, Blue. It's been a lot of stuff out here in these streets. But it ain't been a lot of football talk, and that's what we're here to bring in today. What you, what you, how you been feeling about this season coming up? Feeling re-energized, man. I've just been watching a lot of film, watching a lot of XFL, been ready for the USFL to kick off. And you know me, like you could just take eleven random people, just put them out on the field, and I, I'll, I'll be tuned in watching it. So, also been going back and just getting ready for the draft, man. The combine was a great kind of change of pace, but like you said, man, uh, had to take a break from the whole, you know, content thing, man. There's too much non-football talk going on for me, man. You know, that's just not my place. So, <laughs> went to the background, and now we're back with some NFL draft talk. Yes, yes. Listen, you can't talk about HBCU and NFL draft without Coach G from Draft HBCU players. So give it up for our today's special guest, Coach G! What's going on? What's going on, everybody? What's good? good What's good? How you been, Coach? Oh, man. Just like Blue said, film. But I love it. But <laughs> it do get tiring. I'm not going to lie. Like, whatever you're looking at, so you watch film, you're looking for one guy, and you're like, damn. He looked better than him. So now you got to go back, watch him. Now you got to compare. I got my list going up and down. I done flipped my list around two times since I talked to you earlier. Because I'm like, let me just go back and look at something. Mm. But for the most part, my evals are done. It was, you know, we got the draft guy that just dropped that I'll thank you for purchasing, by the way. Uh, oh. The draft guy just dropped. And, you know. I'm going to make sure I put that in the chat for everybody. Listen, Coach G has a draft guy. So, listen, all the questions that you must be in my chat, I'm Scotty, where do you see this? Where do you see him going? Can you see him? Listen, Coach G got a whole black Bible of all HBCU players and they comps. I'm talking about in-depth. So, I'm going to drop the link in the chat. All right, you Bamas, go ahead. It's $15. And, well, that's two cup of coffees at Starbucks. It ain't nothing. I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Malik Obi, founder of Draft HBCU players. He, he, that's a hardworking brother. And he was like, "Listen, man, I want you to like take the lead on the draft guide this year." So it was me, him, Coach Nooks, and Coach Addison Hayes from uh, Edward Waters. We are, we work really hard on this joint. I mean, we, I'm talking, and you know, there's some players out there, and you just really had to just continue to watch the film just to see, like, make sure you're not giving them too great, great, too low, too high, but at this point, man, I think I got him. I think I got him right, man. I'm confident in the guys that I we got in that book and that, that guy. It looks it it's it's worth it, man. I tell you, there's nothing like it. Nothing. Like it. I look at it like this, and and I, you know, blue is I, I call blue my the the boy wonder because the way the way you guys can just compile this information and and go as in depth that you guys do. But I want to say this. And shout out to everybody, Malik, you, the whole staff at Draft HBCU Players. This is part of the step, and I, I know, you know, but this is part of the step of us representing us, right? We don't need, we don't always need a Mel Kuyper. We don't need a Todd McShay, all right? We got people in this space that can do what they do. They understand the landscape of it. They know where to look underneath these gyms. So we all, I ask is that you give them the same respect that if a Mel Kuyper was talking about them, and he's missed, okay? And Tom Mache is talking, and he's missed, all right? 
give my guys the same amount of leeway and freedom to give comps, to give evaluations, and miss. We ain't perfect, okay? Ain't nobody. Blue ain't perfect. Coach G ain't perfect. I damn sure ain't perfect. All right, but we're gonna give you all the thoughts in the in the rounds of, of football today. We're gonna go deep diving. There ain't been a lot of football talk. Bump that swag basketball. We in here for the football. All right. <laughs> we in here for the football. We're gonna start off with top 23 NFL QBs. Now we're not talking about HBCU players, we are talking power five. It has been a run amok of <laughs> just who's number one, who's number two. Who should be here? Who should be there? Uh, Blue, what have been some of your uh, your thoughts and the opinions that you've heard in your circles as well as Coach G after you? Uh, I would say the biggest thing is just the same thing every year, man. I think people get too caught up in the combine. They, man, listen, it it, it, it never ceases. It never ceases to happen where somebody goes post stupid numbers. Not a single and all these people who have not watched a single ounce of film on a player is like he should be number one pick, and it's like. On what? Yeah. The broad jump? Like, I, I didn't know the broad jump was winning Super Bowls out here. Like, I think people forget with the draft process, and I know Coach can speak about this too, is the combine is just a small piece of the pie for all these prospects. You don't want to weight anything higher than the other, other than film. I think film should be weighted a little bit more than the rest. When you look at the combine, the all-star bowls, the stats, the accolades, like it all plays a, a small percentage of how you view a prospect. But what happens is people love to live in the moment. They see the Twitter video go viral. They see the, the athleticism scores and they're setting records and doing all this stuff. And then they're like, this is the next coming of the greatest quarterback of all time. And it's like, yeah, but there, there's nothing else to support that other than his outstanding NFL combine. So for me, it's just kind of been, looking at the reaction and being like, man, when are we going to learn that the combine warriors don't always translate into NFL stars? That's good. That's good. Blue. What you got on the coach G? Oh, I agree. I mean, listen, I, I know they've been having talks about getting rid of the combine. I guess I'm not going to go all the way there, but I do see that it's becoming an issue that people really do fall in love with like the testing numbers. Call a spade a spade. You know, we haven't, we're all going to talk about this guy. We knew Richardson was gonna. We, I mean, <laughs> who watched him and said, "Oh, he's gonna run a four six. I mean, come on, man. We yeah. knew this guy was a freak athlete, yeah. and we everybody knew it. Lou, you cover you cover SEC heavy, so I mean, you knew. So it's like for you, you probably just sitting there like, I mean, okay. I mean, I want to see him throw in a game. That's all I care about with him. I mean, yes. you know. So it's like okay, you know, and you throw with the you know with the spandex on, that's fine. It's seven. I hate seven on seven though. That's just my defensive line to me. Like, I don't care about seven on seven. I barely like one on ones without pads on. So all the stuff that they would, you know, the combine is fine. But mm-hmm. like, you got to watch film of Anthony Richardson and guys like that just to. It's supposed to. I what? Who said it? I forgot who said it. They said um, the combine is just supposed to help. Is supposed to uh, translate to what you see on the film. So like. If you see a guy that looks just really slow on film, and then all of a sudden he's running a four-two on a com- at the combine, now you're like, okay, what did I miss? Like, mm. okay, so you use that in that aspect, but to completely like just people. I mean, talking about people's stock. With, I'm talking about guys that were undrafted grades are now day two picks because of because of because of the combine. So, but we'll get into that. But that's just my. I, I'm not. I'm not too high on it. Let me, let, let me throw it back to you guys. And, I, and I've had this 
thought, and I know, you know, the as you guys being the big brains and all, you're probably going to be like, how? But should the quarterback have a – should the quarterback have a different set of combine rules? You know what I'm saying? Because just doing the drop back, one, two, three, slant, one, two, three, slant, you know, the the the, the show-off throw, the fade, as it's now become the goal line, you know. I'm like, what, what, what is the goal line passes that CD Lamb made infamous with the one-hander and stuff like that. So should there be a different way maybe to show off the intellect of or the the capability of a quarterback in the uh in the NFL combine? I think I, I do think that in terms of like the intellect and the understanding on how to read coverages and stuff like that, it can be shown on the board, but the problem is the average fan doesn't see that because we don't have cameras in the interview room. Like if you don't think every quarterback who was at the combine got quizzed on every single type of coverage read, playbook. You know, what do you do if the safety comes down here? Do you bring this guy in motion? How do you set protection? All that happens is just we don't get to see who performs well and who doesn't. All we get is the Mel Kuyper or whoever rumors on, you know, who did this or who did that. But I do wish that the passing drills would would be updated a little bit because the way I had it explained to me, I asked someone who has been to the combine and they've talked to scouts and people who help run it. They said that, all the passing concepts and drills at the combine, if you suck at that, that just pretty much like it, it's supposed to, you're supposed to be good at it. If you're not good, <laughs> I mean, you can't make a simple throw in a dome on turf and shorts and a t-shirt, probably not an NFL guy. Yeah. So it's really just pretty much weeding out the pretenders. But I think in terms, I think there's ways because it's harder with O-line D-line. Like you probably can't get out there in pads and do a bunch of one-on-ones and stuff. I mean, just because of injury, because what happens if a guy tears his ACL, which we, we saw a guy tear his ACL doing the yeah. drills anyway. So we can debate that, but I think there's seven on sevens or some, some sort of drill we can make where, and we can, we can find out and see who's really a good quarterback. Cause the biggest question for Levis and Richardson was accuracy. I don't think we got any questions answered in Indianapolis on whether their accuracy is really fixed or how bad it is. That's fair. Coach G, any, any thoughts on changing or adding anything uh, to the quarterback combine version of the NFL? I agree with you. I mean, I was just sitting here thinking, like, well, we look good. I mean, I, I mean, we do, they do, these kids been doing seven on seven on seven is a new AAU. Like, yeah. I mean, these kids don't even weight train anymore. It's just seven on seven practice in the, in the off season for the DBs and, and those like my I had DNs that wanted to go do it just to be athletic, play tight end. They're never gonna play tight end by the way. But yeah, so but for those guys, like yo, they've been doing that forever. So okay, just let them. If that's the case, do seven on seven. At least you know, okay, I can see him in person. It's still shorts and a t shirt, but he has to read a coverage. You know, he can only do but so many coverages in seven on seven. I mean, because you know, it's not a legit. You can't blitz and nothing like that. So I mean, you're gonna get. Couple one, couple two, couple three, couple four. You may get couple six, but you definitely gonna get zero two. So be able to pick up on that, call it out. Maybe they can hear you. You know, change it at the line. It's still weird. I mean, it's really nothing. I don't honestly, man. You just gotta trust the film with quarterbacks. I mean, because there's nothing they could do with. It's just such a difference, man. I had a quarterback. We all know quarterbacks look good in seven on seven, and then all of a sudden, the first day, the first day you send four guys his way because the offensive line don't want to block. I can't throw football. Mm. It's a different look, you know. So you you have to take the film or whatever your, your notes. Your notes have to come from things that are realistic to what he's going to see on a day to day. And he's not going to see the combine on a day to day. He's going to see Aaron Donald running at him, <laughs> and then you got guys like Little Floyd and Von Miller. You name it. Like he's got it coming at you. 
Yeah. And as you can see, you got 280-pound guys faster than majority of our DBs. So, so as a quarterback, <laughs> you've got a lot to think about. And I don't think the combine really helps him in that aspect outside of what Blue said, the interviews where you're putting you on your coverage and stuff like that. I, I just it just amazes me like and like how like the freak of athlete DNs are becoming now. Cause I remember when Julius Peppers was like the thing. Like he was like, you know, you're like, oh man, like four five, four four, you know what I'm saying? And he's six six, you know what I'm saying? Like freak being and all that type of stuff. And now you got Nolan Smith just, I mean, just outrageously runs a 4-3, four, 4-4. Four, four. Off and an ACL. Come on. I'm like, bro, you might as well play running back. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's Derrick Henry. But that's that's what people said about Derrick Henry, bro. You're like a DN playing running back. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's amazing to me. But let's get into these quarterbacks. And shout out to Isaiah, man, in the chat, man. Appreciate you, bro, for tuning in, Zay. Um, we're going to start with Coach G. You know, got to give it to the guests. Where, why have you rated these the quarterbacks the way you rated them? Listen, clear and cut, Bryce Young is the it's hands down, he's the best quarterback in this class. Uh, he's the most pro ready. I think he's probably going to end up being a day one star, depending on where he goes. Um, I like his accuracy, I like his ability to escape. I see some people, uh, comp him to Drew Brees. Eh, okay, I guess, I guess, uh, he's more, I guess you want to just do the whole height thing, but. He's like a more accurate, more poised version of Kyler to me. Way more poised. Um, and he just seems like he just shrugs it off. Like, you know, nothing really phases him. I like that. Um, so overall, those attributes, I have to give it to him. Over, I mean, I feel like no one's going to disagree there. I mean, I highly, well, take that back because some people were saying my number four pick was going to be the number one overall pick. So um, <laughs> Stroud, <laughs> Stroud was born to throw a football. Like, you know, you just look at a guy, he's like, okay, yeah, he's he's meant to throw a football. And he's really – I like how accurate he is as well. Uh, people don't give him a lot of credit for his mobility. I think he's pretty – he's mobile enough. Yeah. Because, you know, like there's a lot of quarterbacks we didn't think were going to be this mobile that are running all over the place. So I think he has enough mobility. He has an arm strength. I know, you know, the whole – people love the, the deep throw on the, at the combine. I kind of like it too. I just want to see how far you can throw the ball. So <laughs> me personally – I do like it because like, I got used to – I mean, I was a Carolina Panthers fan, so I got used to knowing, like, listen, Cam could throw this on his back foot 60 yards. Easy. So I got used to that. And then, well, having had this, I couldn't see that lately because quarterback situation <laughs> is really bad and we won't get Lamar. So, um, But, yeah, so Stroud, my number two. I am high on Hooker. I <laughs> Blue could probably help me out with this a little more because, you know, that's his – that's his thing, but I'm just when I watched him play, you know, and he just looked he looked he looked like the a second most pro ready guy behind uh Bryce. I know he's older, but I make that might help him in a, in a way because he's just a little more mature and he's a little more seasoned in that aspect. And you can see throughout the season, like he just had a very calm demeanor. He he doesn't aim the ball, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't really he doesn't really sky over he doesn't throw the ball over people's head too often. Um He's not a he's not a one read guy. I mean, people say he's a one read guy. I think he goes through progressions pretty well. Um, the mobility, we'll see after the injury, but he's still pretty mobile. I'm pretty sure he would have ran in whatever the four sixes, four sevens, which is fine for me as a quarterback. I mean, and he just he's not a turnover machine, and I, I like that. And he's like once again accuracy that the guys, the two guys behind him, that's where the biggest questions come from. So. I'll lump them two together. I would know I really can because you know the thing about Levis, they say system, 
offensive line was horrible. Okay, well, I'm just going to break it to you. More than likely, you're going to go to a team if you're picked high. They have the same problems with their offense. That's fair. So, fair. I mean, what? <laughs> so, if you can't deal with that, granted, he's in the toughest conference in college football. Well, people was I would say is the toughest. People, some people say something different. So, I would say it's the toughest conference. And he can't deal with that. So, what's he going to do next level? And people are, you know, when they pick you this high, depending on what team you go on, listen, you're – your bridge quarterback, he has two bad games. You better be ready to play. So now you can't deal with the pass rush, and you've only been getting in in practice. So maybe you might be going against the ones. But even that, they but they don't really go over so hard in the, until, you know, I mean, training camp, yeah. But then, during the season, they're not really going that hard. So you're not really seeing a real pass rush for real. Um, and then, well, in your preseason games, you're probably going against guys that weren't going to play anyway. So my biggest thing is he played in the toughest conference, and he showed us his hand to me. I think – we know who he is. I think people are just trying to make a lot of excuses for him. And, and well, I'm not saying people make excuses for Richardson, per se, but they're kind of similar in this aspect that, listen, we know they're not accurate, but we're trying to find ways to make them accurate. They're not accurate. They're big, athletic quarterbacks that can throw the ball. You, Their ceiling is Josh Allen, but their floor could be Jamarcus Russell. So, I mean, <laughs> we, just don't, we don't really – I'm just – Richardson – is a guy, he's going to stare down his target. And that's what you get from a lot of guys that run all these, these uh, RPO schemes, so they stare down their target. So he's not a good progression guy. Levis is a better progression guy than him, but at the end of the day, that breakaway speed that Richardson has and that ability to make plays, I gotta, that separates him and Levis to me. Because I think when it comes to being a, a passer, I will give a slight edge to Levis. But when it comes to the athleticism, it's like a huge gap. So it depends for me. It's like, okay, Panthers pick at nine. I'm just thinking realistically for me as a fan. I'm like, okay, I don't think – unless we trade up, we're not getting Stroud or Bryce. Hooker, no one's going to draft him to the third, fourth round. Absolutely. So maybe I might get my guy if we don't get over, get him. But now it's like, okay, we got Richardson and Levis at nine. I mean, can Frank – I mean, can Rice do – I mean, can he – Turn you know turn Richardson into, I'll take sixty percent. I'll take it sixty percent, sixty percent completion percent. I'm cool with that on NFL level because I don't think he did that very much on a college level. I will take yeah, that from like fifty five. I think it was like fifty five, fifty seven, something like that. Yeah. So I will take that from him. So I mean, for me, like I was just talking to one of um, one of the people we worked with at Draft HBCU, Kalen. We were just talking about. Um, um, we were talking about uh, quarterbacks in there. Like, how do how do I explain this? Pretty much, every quarterback is a system quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. Like, the best teams have a system, regardless of what people want to say. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is in a great system, and they have the perfect pieces to work the system, and he is the perfect piece to run the system. Every Jalen Hurts. You look at the quarterback, uh, Justin Herbert. You look at the best quarterbacks. They have a system. Tom Brady had a system. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody knew it, and that's okay because guess what? It was successful for him. So let's stop, let's stop trying to, like, downplay somebody by saying they're a system guy. Richardson could be a really good system quarterback. He could be his, – his ceiling, like I said, could be Josh Allen. He could get you to the Super Bowl. But if you don't put him in the right system – It's all for you not. kind of make him something he's not. Yeah. Then you're going to get that floor. So it really just boils down to between those two. The other three, I think they're going to be fine. Hooker gets healthy. He gets healthy. He goes to the right situation. I think he's going to be a really good starting quarterback. He might be end up being the best 
out of everybody on this list right now. Me personally. But for Richardson and Levis, because they are like the two guys, it's like, okay, they could either be the top 10 or or they could be one, two, three. I mean, who knows? But yeah. biggest thing is just got to get them in the right situation. I mean, but how many good situations are there if you're getting picked that high? So, um, <laughs> so I mean, that's my one through five. I mean, I, yeah, I'm going with that's my one through five, and I'm confident with that one through five. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I think mine's is going to, I think mine's is going to shake a little bit. Um, <laughs> I listen. I love C.J. Stroud. I, I think what I saw at the Georgia playoff game told me everything that I needed to know about him. His mo- he, he was mobile enough to get out of the trouble, uh, to make some huge throws. I think Marvin Harrison is a great security blanket to have, okay? And that's just it's a great security blanket. But the size, the build, the accuracy, the power, I love it all. I just, for me, he would be my number one pick. Now, this is where it gets, the only reason I put Hernan Hooker over Bryce is because of the height. I don't like that he's 5'10". I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It just it bothers me. I've talked to a couple, I've talked to a couple QB <laughs> coaches in the NFL. They're like, bro, height matters. Unless you're Kyler Murray and you're just super uberly athletic and gifted, height matters. You know what I'm saying? But you have the Drew Breeses, you have the Doug Fluties, you have the outliers, right? You have those guys that you're like, okay, if we get them in the right system, if we get them in the in the right pocket or whatever in the situation, it can work. But I like Hooker over Bryce because of his height. The the biggest knock, and me and Blue was just talking about this. The biggest knock I have on Hernan Hooker, he's flat-footed, and it bothers me to the tip. I mean, he literally just be like, like his feet are in mud and cement, and he doesn't bounce. He doesn't. He doesn't. You know, it's it's really bothersome to me. It just it really irks my nerves. But other than that, you could go two or three, three and two. It all depends on your preference. Bryce Young. I mean, I mean, if he's six. Two, this is not even a question. In my personal opinion, it's not even a, he's six two. Is not even a question. Six one, not even a question. I put him at number one. You, you got a question, Coach G? I know you feel like like you. Got- oh no! Listen, um, <laughs> I, I I didn't expect your list to look like this. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna lie. I um, I just I, I like that you feel the same way I feel about Hooker uh, for the most part, but I, I just uh, Bryce is. Uh, He's the same height as Russ. I mean, I mean they're, and they're like got, a few pounds apart, you know? But the thing about Russ, though, is Russ, the best versions of Russ have always come with his mobility and his ability to escape the pocket and, and extend the play, even as a rookie. You know what I'm saying? And he's always been that. Even as he's grown, yeah, he's he, he, can, he can dish you from the pocket. But what Russell was the most – deadliest is when Russ was cooking, and we know what Russ cooking means. It means getting out on the pocket, moving, and having that mobility. I'm not saying Bryce can't be that. I just don't really see a lot of that. And my last two, I listen, Levis is, listen, he throws a really good ball. Like, I like as a receiver, I like, that's something, I listen, I am a receiver to my core, okay? I love the ball that he throws. He throws a really good ball. And people are not going to like this when I say this. He reminds me of, like, he has a release like Aaron Rodgers-ish, right, where it's just like he can he can fade back and he can just flick that thing and it'll go over your head. He has a good touch. It just – he just gets – he just has really low lows. Like, you'd be like, 
what? Like it's I'm you be looking at his game, you like, bro, what are you doing? You know, but there's a lot of factors, offensive line, and you know, it just this is a lot of factors with it. But he he does throw a really great ball in Richardson. Listen, he is the prototypical athlete playing quarterback. That that like I hate to use that, but is you I would say, are you a quarterback that's an athlete? Are you an athlete that is playing quarterback? And this guy is an athlete playing quarterback. When he misses, it is high and it's sailing. I'm just talking about, but he's so strong in the way he throws it. If I was a receiver, I would not like for him to throw me the ball. Because it like if if you're throwing me a slant, I might get hit and the ball is gonna hit me just as hard. Like the, the linebacker is gonna hit me just as hard, and the ball is gonna hit me just as hard. So even if I miss it, I'm probably still gonna get killed. So I don't I don't like that. He just doesn't throw a very good ball for me as a wide receiver. I don't like it, but teach his own. Uh blue, it's all you, my boy. Yeah, I mean, so for me, I think Stroud and Young are kind of like one A, one B for me. I've been going back and forth on who I have as oh, the wow. top quarterback, but I give Stroud the edge kind of like Scotty just due to size. Just historically, when you look, guys Bryce Young size, there is a lot more guys that size that don't produce a quarterback than there are. And so I'm going to bet on the side of history and say Stroud's got the measurables to succeed quicker and probably reach a higher ceiling. I think they both throw great balls. They both th- they've both shown that they can win. They both show that they can show up in big games. So I, I like they check all the boxes for me. They both have a little bit of mobility. Team leaders. That's why they're one and two. Three for me is Hooker. I you know I I've, I've been writing for Tennessee now for a little while, so I've got to do a lot of film breakdown on him. Talk about him. Got got to cover his combine. Man, he just. To me, he seems like the safest bet pick out of all five of these guys. Mm. I think Hooker might not have the highest ceiling of any of the five, but he definitely has the highest floor. Oh, I, think, I like that. I like that. And so I think Hooker is the safe bet. I really do think if he doesn't get hurt in that South Carolina game, he's probably a he's easily top ten pick. Easy. I think that injury really knocked him out. I mean, you, you're this is a guy who didn't play the last, I think, three games of the year and won SEC Offensive Player of the Year, reset the Tennessee career record for completion percentage, and set the single-season record in back-to-back seasons. Woo. I mean, he does it all. Doesn't turn the football over. He's accurate. He can throw all three levels of the field. He he's a leader. You've seen his development too. That's what I like to see. Has he? Can he continue to develop? I'm telling you, go back and watch the Virginia Tech film. The step he took from Virginia Tech to Tennessee, I, if you took the numbers off and the names, I would have thought they were different quarterbacks. Mm. It's that big of a development from his time at Virginia Tech to Tennessee. I'm a really I'm really high on Hooker, and I think it, whoever takes him, I think I really I disagree with G on the third round thing. I do think someone's going to reach in the early second to take him. Someone's going to get QB desperate. Because everyone's going to get QB desperate early. So Stroud, Young, Levis, and Richardson are all going to be going top 10. Someone's going to get desperate. I thought it might be the Saints, but they just signed Derek Carr. So I'm looking at potentially whoever in that top 10 doesn't come away at the quarterback is going to try to find a way to get them in the second, I think. And when you go to four and five, it's two guys who they both have high ceilings. But I think the floor can be... I mean, franchise ruining type floor. Like I agree with you, and I hate the comparison for Cam Newton, Anthony Richardson, because I think it's so lazy. It's a- a- anyone who says that they just see a big guy who could run, who played in the SEC, and they're like, "Oh, it's Cam." And it's like I, I really do think he's closer to Jamarcus Russell 
than he is Cam Newton. And I think his ceiling would probably be closer to a Dante Culpepper compared to a Cam Newton. That's good. That's good. And I, I just think it's a lazy comparison to say that he's the next Cam Newton because he's because listen, I get Florida wasn't what Florida was in the past while he was there. But you can't tell me he didn't play with talent at Florida. And he consistently failed to beat anybody of note in the SEC and consistently got beat by teams who were less talented than them. He cannot elevate a team around him. And that's a huge unchecked box for me on his scouting report. Stroud, Young, Hooker have all been able to elevate talent and win. You cannot say that about Richardson. And you really can't. And you could say that about Levis in 2021, potentially, because Kentucky did win you know, a few big games with him in 2021. But in 2022, he wasn't able to do that. The reason I have Levis over Richardson is because he's a better passer. He's more accurate. I think he, I think his arm is there, and I think his ball placement is better than Anthony Richardson. I think I want to see Levis fully healthy, and I think Levis has a, has, has a higher ceiling than Richardson, and that's why I have him at four over uh, Richardson. You know, the game to me that really showed, I think that really showed, like, what, what Richardson was was actually the game against Kentucky. Like when I'm when I watched that battle between the two, I'm like Levis didn't really do anything too special, but Richardson hurt his team so much that it it just kept putting Levis in a situation where every time he stepped on the field, he wasn't going no more. Like he was, he like he stepped on the field, he like oh yeah, we up, oh we good. Let me just let me just run the ball, let me just make that one throw, let me just make it. He never when you when you see quarterbacks battle. Right, you're like, okay, you make a play. Hey, let me come out. I'm gonna make a play. You make a play. I'm. Gonna... That's when you see great quarterback and great quarterback play. That's usually what happened. You can take it back to the Clemson game against Deshaun uh, Deshaun Watson and uh, Tua, or was that Jalen? It was Jalen. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. They went when they went back and forth making plays. So it's just you want to see that type of style play. I didn't see that. Now let me ask you guys this: Stetson Bennett. Right. Let me say about Hernan Hooker. I hope the Cowboys take him in the second round. I'm gonna just say that. All right, uh, Stetson Bennett. Where do you see him going? Because I could see him going at a third round. The reason I say this, right, is because he's a winner, and you can't deny a winner. And I, I don't know, like I don't. When you watch him, you're just like, eh, but the Bama just wins. I can't explain it, man. Because I'll say this: if he, if he was a black quarterback, a lot of people would be like. But he wins. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me. I'm sorry, but where do you guys see Stetson Bennett? I like I, Stetson Bennett. I'm with you. I I kind of like Stetson Bennett. Like, because I always grade quarterback, like, you know, how good a quarterback could be by where you get him. If you draft a Stetson the first, that'd be a terrible pick. That, that's stupid. But if you can get value in the four fifth round and draft a guy who's a two, who, two time national championship winner, let me ask you guys that wide receiving core was not historically great for Georgia. Like, outside of the tight end in Bowers, he didn't have, like, he was thrown to Lad McConkey, <laughs> Bro, making Lad McConkey look like an All-American out there in the national championship. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. So, I think he's a mid-round guy, and I think he's a guy who, if you have any doubt in the back of your mind about your quarterback, why not take a shot with him if you have an extra pick in the four, fifth round, maybe six if he falls that far. Another guy, just real quick before I throw it to G, a guy who I'm kind of high on, I almost put him in my top five. He's like 5B for me. McKee from Stanford. He, I think all the hype about Levis potentially being the next Herbert or Josh Allen, 
I think McKee coming out of Stanford has a better chance to be the next Justin Herbert mm. than Levis does. I think that's someone you need to look out for because I think he's in an offense that ran the ball a lot. They really didn't throw it around. He has the measurables. He has the arm talent. I think McKee could be a sneaky mid-round pick too. What you got, Koji, uh, on Stetson Bennett and any of your sleepers? That you uh, well, I mean, I guess I got to be realistic. It's not about how I feel. It's about what, you know, what the trajectory is. And end of the day, like Blue said, people are going to reach. So we might have pretty, we might have 10 quarterbacks drafts in the first three, four rounds. I mean, that's, that's just sadly, but I hope that's not the case. But Stetson Bennett, <sighs> okay. If he gets drafted before any of the guys that we have that we've posted on uh, our rankings, then I'm gonna have a problem with it. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree I'm with that. you. Yeah, that, like, that's not like if he goes before a Hooker, then I'm like, yeah, okay, all right, uh, something. <laughs> if he goes before Levis and Richardson, I'm like, okay. So I'm. I thought the Senior Bowl thing and him getting arrested. I thought that like kind of messed up his stock. I really don't think it did. Because people, I think people just kind of forgot that he didn't go to Senior Bowl for whatever. I forgot the reason why, and he uh, got arrested. So I guess people just forgot about it. So we just moved on. I'm pretty sure he interviews very well. That doesn't shock me if he interviews amazing. So he probably wooed them in an interview. So they're like, you know what? You might be our Brock Purdy. So you know, everybody wants the next Brock Purdy. So just like everybody wants the next James Houston. Everybody want all the everybody just it's a copycat. Everybody know that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, yes. So is Stetson Bennett gonna probably be the next someone's next Brock Purdy? Probably. I'm not gonna lie to you. He might come in in his third year and just go crazy and he might end up being one of the most accomplished. That's just how it goes. I mean, you just those guys that win, they just win. I mean, winners win, they just find a way. So I I mean, yeah, win is win. He's not a bad quarterback by any stretch. I mean, he's not going to wow you. Even though I think he tested pretty well. If y'all care, if people care about that, he tested better than I thought. And I don't think he was running this fast. He might have been fast. Yeah, he was he was cruising like he was just jogging. He was like literally it was it was like effortless for him. So I'm like he might be a better athlete than we thought. But I'm not going to say he might he might not make it out of day two. Be honest with the way the way everyone speaks, the way you know the way it may go, he might not make it out of day two, but. I can see him being a six-round, seven-round pick, and someone's like, oh, I got me a gym. And he's going to probably light up preseason. You're going to hear things about him out of camp, about how he's just he just looks so poised, and he's just going right doing what he did when he was uh, in college. So it wouldn't shock me. It probably shouldn't shock anybody if he ended up being a, a, a you know pretty solid pro. At worst, on the top backups you'll see in the NFL. So I, I would take Tim DeMore right over him still. I'm going to throw that out there. Fair enough. Because <laughs> he – Go ahead, go ahead, Blue. Oh, I was going to say, in his pro day, I, I just pulled that up. He tested – he got a 9.16 RAS score at his like, pro day. Tim DeMorat from Fordham. Yeah. And, like, everyone said he wasn't, like, a runner. Ran a 4.6. Hmm. 40. And, I mean, this guy had 13,000 passing yards and all that. So, I mean I, – and he was 6'3", 226. Mm-hmm. I'll take that over Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Oh, bro, I'm you, sorry. I, 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 li- I really like Stetson. I don't know why. Like he just, I wouldn't be mad if the Cowboys took him like in the fifth round or fourth. Fifth, I really because he just, because I I think like he 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 just he reminds me of like I you you don't you don't ever do something out of your lane, right? You don't you don't go above and beyond who you are. You just do what you do. But you need an offensive coordinator or a team that understands like, hey, 
We just need you to manage this thing. And there's nothing wrong with being a game manager. And I think he does really well at that. And in the George, in the big games, I need you to make big throws. That's it. That's all you really ask for Stetson Bennett is in the big games, can you make big throws? And you cannot tell me that seam ball he threw down the middle against Ohio State when the linebacker's head was literally by, and he put that joker on a dot, on a rope. I need it. Can I make it? Can he make a throw like that? I want to. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take that white boy. They call him the milk, the, uh, the milkman. I'll take the milkman. You know what I'm saying? I get milkman t-shirts. Maybe uh, I'm out here. You know what I'm saying? So, shoot. You know, because you know, Jerry, I don't believe in you know a lot of black quarterbacks. That's why Dak is mixed. But you know, it's just it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. But it is <laughs> just saying. Oh man, let's get it. Hey, we go, we go move, we go move forward. Listen, you know what you guys came to talk about, right? Top HBCU prospects. How we gonna do this? Is we all have our top HBCU prospects uh, that we feel that should be drafted or where they're getting drafted at. What we're gonna do is we're gonna go through ours and then at the end of it. We're going to give you coaches top 10 HBCU prospects debuted here on Offscript on the round table here on the Blue Bloods as well. All right, so let me start this off. Blue, you up the bat, my boy. Let's do it. Yeah, listen, I know we had a bad combine. I get it. <laughs> I know we did. But listen, but me and me and Coach just talked about it in the first segment. Listen, the film's still there for my guy, Mark. The film is still there. And – you know, I, I think he someone's still going to take a shot because he does have the versatility to play all five positions across the offensive line. So even if he doesn't make it at tackle, he can play guard. And there's even talk about him potentially moving to center. He's going to get drafted. I think he's too accomplished. The film is there. And there's been too many guys in the league that have not performed necessarily well at the combine that had the, the, the skills to still step in. I just think when you put him up against the prototypical offensive tackle that gets invited to the combine, like of course his measurables are going to get drug. I mean, he's just not big enough, like compared to some of the prototypical tackles, but Mark Evans is still there. I, I did I, listen. I, the pro comp for him. I, when I hear a good one, man, I got to stick with, I got to give coach credit because he posted the RAS score for this guy. And I was like, <laughs> really, I got to go back and watch the film on this. Kelvin Beecham is a hell of a pro comp. <laughs> I gotta get I gotta give coach credit, man. Cause at first I was like, Kelvin Beach, man, like I because really I was like, I haven't watched him in forever. So I went and looked, I could see it. I mean, they are they they built they are built extremely similarly. They got similar type of games, and Kelvin made a living at six three at offensive tackle holding his own, can slide it down and play guard. He was he played in the league for a bunch of years. So I think Mark Evans meant that is a great pro comp. I still got Mark Evans as my top prospect. I'm way higher on this guy than a lot of people. Jada Kiss Bonds is number two for me. The Scotty, every time I watch film on him, I get a little bit higher. And if I if I wasn't an offensive lineman at heart, he might be number one. <laughs> I, I'm just being honest, man. Like if I wasn't, if I didn't have my love for my lineman at heart, he'd probably be number one. And y'all, and my pro comp might surprise you guys. I think this probably is his ceiling pro comp more so than anything else. I think he could be a Robert Woods type of receiver. They're built very similarly. And way about the same. They got a similar type of game. And I think Jadakiss can do a variety of things, line up in different positions. And I think he's so reliable. And that's something you could say about Robert Woods has been throughout his career, everywhere he's went, he's been the reliable target. And I can see Jadakiss Bonds fitting that. When you look at the size, you look at the hands, you look at, I don't think he has elite speed, 
but he's good enough that you're not worried about it. So I would just say average speed, and that's kind of what you get. Robert Woods wasn't a burner, but he was the guy who could go get you however many catches you need. He could step up in big moments, and I think that's what you're going to get in Jada Kiss Bonds. I'm still on Isaiah Land here at, at number three. I think his combine was solid, man. The 4-6 on a, uh, official is solid. I think you you ex- you got what you expected of him in terms of edge rushers. And I think my pro cop for him, I kind of, I mean, I struggled, man. I've changed this a few times. I'm going to throw it back to Kevin Burnett <laughs> as his pro comp. I, they're, they're built similarly. And, and Scotty, you'll, you'll laugh because a lot of people talked about Isaiah Lamb moving to safety if he transferred to Georgia. Kevin Burnett was a safety who moved down to linebacker and eventually moved down to edge rusher. 6'3", 240, played in the league forever, came out of Tennessee, was a second-round pick, second-team All-American, had 20-plus sacks in the NFL. I can see Isaiah Land fitting that type of mold. I do like Coach's Pro Comp. I can't wait for him to drop that on here. I think that's a really good one, too. But I think this is a a true linebacker comp for Isaiah Land about how he can fit into the league at the next level and still be – productive as a pass rusher and then Aubrey's still my number four guy I would have loved to see him at the combine because for me to do a true pro comp I want to see his 40 mm-hmm. I want to see his tw- I want to see his shuttle I want to see his three cones or I want to see what he puts up on the bench press yeah. but I think he did everything he could at the senior bowl to improve his stock he was a leader he played in a Scotty we talked about this the the linebacker room he played in was stacked with guys, and he was the guy who shined in that room. So for him to shine on that stage, surrounded by all that talent, he's a guy who can go get you a hundred tackles with ease. I love his game, and I think I think regardless of his size or speed or, or cover skills, whatever people want to see, there's always a need for a Mike linebacker who's not afraid to get after the ball carrier and stick his nose in the hole. That's Aubrey Miller, my pro comp, Scotty. I told you people might not love it. I went. I, I had to kind of. I was struggling with this because I don't have any. 40-yard dash, anything. He reminds me so much of Deshaun Davis from Auburn. A few years back, went to the Cincinnati Bengals in the sixth round. Another undersized guy from from Pritchard, Alabama, my hometown, played at 5'11", 230 at linebacker. Scotty at Auburn had 116 tackles. All SEC selection was candidate for linebacker of the year. He's, he's Aubrey Miller's size, speed on film, from what I can tell, and plays sideline to sideline. I can get down in the hole, but did struggle a little bit with pass coverage. His film is so eerily similar to Aubrey Miller. So I'm going to go with Deshaun Davis, who now is the linebacker coach over at North Alabama. Finally, man, Keenan Isaac. Scotty, I, you know this. I went back and changed his number five like three times today. I, I couldn't decide who I wanted, but I'm going to go with Keenan Isaac. I think his measurables, and I just think, man, there's always a need for long rangey shutdown corners, man. And I think he could be that guy. And I, I don't want to. I, I hate. I always hate picking guys who seem like a lazy comp. But the more I looked at their film and measurables, man, I think he could be this year's Joshua Williams. Oh, you think so? Ooh. Yeah, man. The size is there, man. I'm telling you. And they, they got similar builds, and I think he can if he goes to the right system. Where he doesn't have to be the number one corner, similar to what Josh did. Yeah, I think he can make an impact year one. I you do. Know, the funny thing about Keenan, I'm gonna say this: I was not a fan during the season. I'm gonna be a hundred percent because I didn't see the I didn't see the hype. But seeing him at the Legacy Bowl and seeing how much of a competitor he was, like he wanted to go against Xavier every single time. I absolutely loved it, and he jumped up on. I, I was like, oh, I love this kid. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But 
but overall, but I'm sorry, Blue, but I, I just want to say that about Keenan. I love his competitiveness. I yeah, really, the, man, he to get down in the slot where he knows he's not playing in the slot. It matter for him to just say, "Man, listen, I want the best guy all day." Like I don't, I don't care. I got to love it. And I just think at Alabama State, man, he played on a really good defense with a lot of good guys, and he's and he and he showed out. He was the guy who popped out on film, even when he watched the Alabama State team with Bubba, with Nelson, with. I mean, what, what Adrian, even as a freshman, Adrian was out there balling out. So I really like Keenan Isaac. I think his game is going to translate really well. My honorable mentions, Kamari Everett, the tight end position is built for him. Yes. I mean, if, if you had to create a player to fit the tight end mold today, it's Kamari Everett. And I think if he played, if he played with a legit quarterback, the stats that he would put up in the swag would be – if he played at Jackson with Shador, his stats would have been ignorant. Oh God! <laughs> but to be honest, I, I still say no because they don't even use tight ends like that. If we're being honest, so they would use him. He's too good. Not, yeah, he's, they couldn't. He's too he, good. Yeah, they had. They would have. You had no choice but to use him. I mean, yeah. come on. He would have been. I, I, I'm sorry. Listen, they got some good wide receivers over. Like Dallas was great. All, all that. He he would have been the best pass catcher at Jackson State. Yeah. Immediately, and so I'll put Xavier in there too as my honorable mentions. I just. For me, I want to – like, Scotty, we talked about it. We're just going to have to go to a great system that is going to – we talked about slot receivers earlier. Man, he's going to fit somewhere as a slot receiver and put up numbers. It's going to be – and if the Chiefs get him, Jesus Christ, it's going to be unfair <laughs> if the Chiefs get him in that offense. But Isaiah Bolden's another honorable mention for me just because of his versatility. Special teams guys matter, especially when you get fourth round and later – if you can't play special teams, you are not making a roster. And Isaiah Bolden's ability to be a game-changing special teams player is why I have him on here. And he's he improved as a DB this year. So I think he has a chance to see the field as a defensive back as well. Then my super honorable mention, I got to give my guy Nelson Jordan a shout-out. He showed out at the Legacy Bowl. He I'm has not- the measurables. I would love to see someone take a chance on him because there's no questions if he has the size to play defensive end. It's just who's going to take that shot and give him a chance to make that roster. I love it. I love it. Next up, Coach G, you up? All right. All right. So it's pretty. It's pretty similar to an extent. Uh, you know, I got. I had to throw a wrinkle in mind because I was telling Scotty, I was like, man, I don't know who my five. Is. <laughs> so I made a top ten. You know, and I was just like, listen, my five rotates like this every single day, every single day, every single day. Because I was at the Shrine Bowl, so I got to see. Jadakus Bonds and Dallas Daniels and Shaq Davis. I, I got to see him in person. So I'm like, oh, yeah. And I saw the film of the practices. I was like, yeah. They're all, I mean, they're all who I thought they were from film. I mean, I, I, but I'll, let me start at the top. Mark Evans, like I said, like a lot of, like, like the smart people are saying, don't let the combine fool you. Mark Evans is a really good offensive lineman. Not offensive tackle, offensive lineman. When they put him in, uh, put him at uh, right guard and left guard and center throughout the Shrine Bowl week, he did fine. He had a little, you know, at first he had he struggled with just basically just resetting your hands and dropping your base and just you know sticking a little bit because you know his one thing you could overpower him if you get into him. But the good thing about Mark is he has some of the biggest hands in the draft, and when he punches you, you're going backwards. So if he gets in your chest, that's his, that's his game. That's his game. When he get on you early, he wins. He wins when he gets in you early. And he's able to get a good grip on you inside your jersey. There's nothing you can do. He actually went against some of the best guys you're probably going to see edge rush in black college football his whole career. Think of the past five years, some of the edge rushes that came out 
of a swack. For God's sake, he blocked them all. And when he went against Oklahoma State this year, please watch the Oklahoma State game. I beg anybody, if you don't know anything about Mark Evans, just watch that game. Watch the, watch the tenacity, the anger. I don't know what. He just played. That was probably close. I mean, PFF kind of graded a little different than I probably would have graded. I thought he showed up very well. I mean, he was he was sticking guys, man. I'm telling you, he's stealing them. As soon as they come off the ball, he's beat them to the spot. So you can't just do a nice little dip-rip move on them. Okay, so they tried to overpower him, but I was watching him stick, reset, and hold and hold his ground. So I'm, then he turns it into a run block. So I'm looking at stuff like that versus powerful opponents. He's been starting since he got there his uh, freshman year. I mean, I don't care about the 40. And that's why, like, I switched his comp. So his original comp was uh was uh, Roman Oven because I thought he was taller. Then I got to the Shrine Bowl. I was stood next. I was like, oh, wow, you're, you're not 6'4". You're really not 6'4". <laughs> I, I, I was caught off. I was like, you, you my height. You know what I'm saying? We we 6'2 and a half. That's what we got. I said, oh. I said, "Oh man!" I, when I went up to the hotel room, I said, "Yo, I gotta go back. I gotta go back to the drawing board." So I was like, "Yo, I gotta find a comp for Mark." Of all people, I gotta have a comp. So I was like, "I'm trying to think of an undersized left." T- got it, and it took like that. It was just like that. I was like, "Undersized left." Kelvin Beecham, and even I couldn't believe Kelvin Beecham was six two and change. He's six three with cleats on. Like he's he's and they didn't move him. He's been a left tackle since he's on the Steelers. Like, that's his thing at 6'3". And I'm like, Mark can do it. I just have faith that Mark can do it. But the thing about Mark, the only difference is people are willing to kick him inside. I think Mark, I'm definitely in the minority. Like, I think it's a few others. I think Mark can still play left tackle. I really do. I Because I just think, end of the day, regardless of the height, you know, he has the athleticism to stay in front of these these edge rushes, regardless of what the what the um the, the forty times says, because end of the day, offensive linemen only doing that three times a game, maybe four. Now, if you got some really nasty offensive linemen that run all the way down the field and clear the pile and stuff like that, okay, you might get your nice little 15, 20 yard sprinting, but you're not running forty yards. But it does showcase your ability to be able to move in space and have what kind of speed you have when you're gonna go block a safety or block a corner on the edge. Okay, but. But during the drills, watch him during the drills. He looked fluid. He looked fine. He looked like one of the best guys doing the drills. So that's my biggest thing. It's like I watch your film. You look good in the drills. Like I said, Mark, Mark has nothing to worry about. Mark is going to be someone's starting left tackle or left guard at the next. Wow, so, um, it's going to happen. It might not happen this year, but it's going to happen. He will. I mean, he he just has it in him. You talk to him. He's just a very humble, hardworking young man. You just like to see that. And he just gets better and better. So that's my number one. Isaiah Land and Aubrey Miller have been my toss-up. Because the only thing that's hard for me with Aubrey keeping that, too, is the fact I, didn't, I haven't seen him run yet. So, I mean, my I'm thinking 4-7, 4-6, 4-7, between 4-6 and 4-8. That's what I'm thinking. He doesn't seem that – he doesn't seem like he has blazing speed on field, but he's instinctual, so he knows where the ball is going, so it makes him look bad. Um, so I like Isaiah Land at, at two because the versatility is there. I do like the versatility. I also don't want people to overthink this. Do not try and kick him the weak side linebacker or Sam or Mike. Just, just, don't, just don't pull the plug on it. It's just let him do what he's been good at doing for pretty much most of his football career. The kid's an edge rusher. He's getting bigger. 
he's going to he, – well, he has to get stronger. And the biggest thing he has to work on is his run-stopping ability. I just don't think he has the – he don't have the lower the lower half to just hold up in a run very long. But that's that's a small edge rusher problem. That's just how it goes. Like, what do you t- – you, you got to give some, you got to take some. Okay, the first two downs, you might give up eight yards. But I know in this third and two, if they just so happen to pass, okay, I know you're going to get the sack. If they so, just don't have it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, are you willing to give up that to know, okay, I might have a strip sack on this third and two, third and four and up. Most teams are willing to take that. I mean, the, some. I mean, I don't say – I say most of the top pass rushers are pretty decent run stoppers, but you can tell the best run stoppers for the most part are not the best pass. It's weird. Like, you hey, Coach have- G, let me, let me ask you a question on this because this, mm-hmm. this is the thing that's bothered me about Isaiah Land because mm-hmm. – and I, I'll get to my list later, but – Southeast Louisiana, that is not good tape. That is that is not good tape. And that's the when and when he's gone against when you see him go against that type of tackle, 6667, 305, 310, and he gets stonewalled time after time. I think if I'm being honest, when I when I watch the game again, I think he probably got like three hurries. If I'm if I'm being honest, he probably got about three hurries, and that's it. And that's with that's with. Uh, Hunt and Savion in the middle to take to take away the double team. So explain to me how a, a coach can watch that tape and say, you know what, he can be my edge rusher. Because they're gonna, I mean, because okay, here's the ignorance of every football coach that has ever coached. They always believe they could make a guy what they want them to be. <laughs> that's fair. Okay. That's, that's why when you see when you see these, look at these edge rushers in these high school ranks. They're all six four. 190 pounds, getting power five offers their freshman year. Why? Because they're 6'5". And they're like, oh, I could put 50 pounds on you healthy, and I'm going to make you a freak athlete. And I'm going to make show you the technique. So now that you put your technique with your athleticism, now look at me. Now I didn't coach. I didn't show the most athletic kid in the country how to be a technician. I'm the greatest coach ever. That's what every coach thinks. I don't care what anybody say. Every coach thinks they could get that guy to be that guy. Let me tell you now, it ain't that easy. <laughs> okay? I've coached some really great athletes that could not, <laughs> that could not dent. Freaking hard. I just want to just put that out there. There's nothing. Oh, my God. Spill technique, dent technique, surf technique, kill technique. And they just couldn't just, it's like, yo, the quarterback is literally going to pull the ball. That's why I'm telling you to run right at him once the ball is snapped. He's going to pull the ball. He's been pulling the ball every play. Go to chase the running back. Very fast, though. But so <laughs> my it's just every coach has that ignorance to him. So, yeah, they look at Isaiah Lamb like, okay, he's 6'4". Tall, he's actually the tallest 6'3 guy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he is like, he's lanky, bro. He is lanky. <laughs> so I he's 6'4". I don't care what anybody says. He's 6'4", 240 pounds. He's probably going to go into camp about 240-plus. I mean, that's why I comped him to Tim Williams from Alabama, because I bounced around with his pit, with his comp a lot too. Isaiah Land's comp was a little difficult. Um, I threw a Bruce Irvin thing out there. But I'm like, you know what? No, let him be an edge rusher and just just make it work. Put him in a three four outside linebacker scheme where he's just able to just have fun. Yeah. Like let the other let the four eyes take yeah. all the athletic mm-hmm, and let him have fun on the edge. He shows that he can. You know, he shows that he could drop back in coverage. Now, we haven't really seen it too much in the game, but he's shown he could be 
decent in coverage. He has athleticism to be decent in coverage. Okay, we'll say that. So I'm high. I think he could always climb in that aspect. I really I see the people, I see what people see with the potential. It's like, yo, if we miss on him, goddamn. And I also want to put this out here if I move on to Aubrey. James Houston was uh, might probably might have been the worst thing to have in Isaiah Land when it came to his draft stuff because people want to see that again. And I'm just telling you, Isaiah Land's a really good player, but he's not James. That just doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't James. happen, and I get it. He, both swat guys, both you know edge rushers, both went you know both went to the big bowl games and stuff like. Don't fall victim to that. I'm telling you, just don't do it. Isaiah Land is his own person. He's not James Houston. They are two totally different players. One is way more uh, versatile because he was an off-ball backer that turned an edge rusher, not an edge rusher trying to become an off-ball backer after college. Okay? One has more bend than the other. And believe it or not, James Houston might be six foot, but his arms are 81 inches. So he can extend out and play the run better than Land a little bit. So, and they like always said, one arm is longer than two. I know everybody, people know that. So, just want to put that out there. So, did, Land is his own person. Do not put him and James Houston in that same, no, because now you're expecting Land to get a sack per game, and that's just not how it goes. So, just want to put that out there. Aubrey Miller, leadership, instinctual, hard-hitting. He's just born to play football. Some guys, you just look at it like, okay, what else are you going to do? You know, you know, you own a business from your football money. You know what I mean? You go to college, you get a good education, you know, you learn how to interview well, you start your own business. This is what you want to do to feed that. <laughs> so like you look at him like he's like he he look like, like he's just a football player. He walk around like this. Yeah. He, like he just eats it and he, you can tell like it just it, it fuels him and you see it in his play, you see it on film. When he hits you, he hits whatever problems he had. Throughout his life, it might I don't know what it was. He hits you with all that, and I love it. When he that Campbell game, he's running into these big offensive linemen's chest, man, and Tim. making plays in the backfield. I mean, that's why I say he's gonna be a Ted back. I want him to be on the Steelers. He is a Steelers Ted three four inside linebacker. That is what he needs to do. He needs to go to this. He needs to be in the AFC North. I don't care where else he that's, just has to be. Good. That is his that's a great comp. Just be in the just be in that division. <laughs> just be in the division. He's a special. Te- he's really good at special teams, by the way, and he enjoys mm-hmm. doing it. So that's why, you know, I had him above land because end of the day, out of most of our out of most of our prospects outside of uh, Nugget and uh, Bolden, Miller is probably one of the best special teams guys because he did every single special, every single one, kick return, kick off, punt return, punt, field goal block. He's and he loves it. So like, how how do you look at all that and not invite him to the combine, whatever? But still, like, you can't pass. I don't see anybody passing up on that in an inside linebacker class that y'all could probably attest to. Is not that deep. It to is. Me. So mm-hmm. I mean, he's you could argue he's a top fifteen, top ten overall linebacker. I mean, some I put him a little higher because I mean that I watch him a lot. Now I watch other guys too, but there's not there's not ten. Inside linebackers better than Aubrey Miller in this class right now. Overall, FBS to D3. No. So he's up there with me. I'd say he's a at latest day three, like a sixth, seventh round. But I mean, if a team's gonna take a shot, they're gonna take a shot. And at the end of the day, you know, he was one of the originals that went, you know, to Jackson with you know who. So it's like all those guys for the most part have gotten them a shot. 
I think he got he got CJ Holmes, got Al Young. I mean, you got guys all in the USFL, XFL, you got on the NFL. So Arby's gonna get a shot. Jake is Bonds. He was number one at one point. He was number three. He was number two. But then I just put him at four because it's about the deepness and the need. <clears throat> so, yes, I think a lot of teams could really use Jadakis Bonds because when you look at him, you say, oh, yeah, he's a receiver. Like, you just look at him, 6'2", 200-plus. He just looks like a receiver. He walks like a receiver. Got the little receiver limp when he walks. Like, I just, he just looks like a wide receiver. When he runs his routes, he uses his body so well. Like, don't get me wrong, he's quick. But he's able to beat press. And he can stack with just quickness and agility. But his ability to, like, be able to lean into a, a corner and just release and get separation like that and stem at the top of his route, it's beautiful for someone that big. You just want to see – that's an X receiver. He's an X to me. Like, you could just throw that thing deep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's an X. He's an X. Pure, pure X. Probably, like – like, like probably one of the better route one runners at his size, believe it or not. I think his intermediate and his deep routes are really good. His short routes could be a little better because he's not the twitchiest, but he has just enough to be able to work his uh, short, short, uh, his shorter routes. Um, his hands are solid. Red zone, love him. He's like one of my top red zone threats outside of Everett. I mean, the kid, he could block well. I saw him. He had him on special teams at um, the Shrine Bowl, so I saw the ability to do it there. He got in the mix a little bit there. So that was the biggest thing with me. Special teams acumen, you know, special teams value. Where is it? Because he wasn't really asked to do that. I mean, you don't really want to risk the best player you probably had in 15 years on special teams. I love I love Hampton, by the way. I just mad they left the Miak. Um, so but yeah, I missed the old Miak. Um, anyway. Um, so yeah, so Jada Kiss Bonds, like he's a prototypical X receiver, he's a very safe pick to me. I mean, I there's so many teams I can use him. I mean, I it's I really would love him to come, you know, for the hometown team to take him, for Carolina to take him, because I mean, why not? <laughs> I mean, I mean, imagine pairing say we get no, I don't want Richardson. Well, I, I mean, listen, the Carolinas well, it looks like they're gonna trade up, so if we could get Stroud or maybe Bryce to throw the ball to Jadakus Bonds. Oh, we good. I love it. He'll be very productive his rookie year. He could be. And then, you know, well, he's one of those silent assassins. He don't, tell, he don't talk much. He's lined up and play football. So I like him a lot. Oh, run at the catch ability as well. Let me throw that out there. Can't forget that. A lot of his tape, he can run at the catch. Um, this last – well, my round up my top five. <sighs> this guy, he's been climbing up my charts. He was, like, number 18. Then he moved, like, 15. You know, so then it's like uh, Andrew Farmer, like he's he's the guy. Like he's he's outside of Caleb Murphy, uh, Murphy from um, Ferris State. He was like the top edge rusher in D two, um, and uh, well, Luber Dennis from uh, Benedict College too. But once I heard that he's going to UT's pro day, I said, yeah, that happened to Josh Williams last year when he went. I think it was North Carolina State's pro day. So you just kind of get a sense, like okay. I think Farmer was going to end up being that guy to get drafted in probably day three, early day three. Um, so I put him up there um, and rounded out honorable mention Dallas Daniels. If you're looking for a slot receiver, that's going to get the ball in third and five. That's Dallas Daniels. And he has the ability to play on the outside as well. Very good route runner. And he's actually a pretty good blocker considering his size. Shaq Davis, he's hit or miss. Um, his comp for me is Martavis Bryant. I think that's probably the best comp I can get for him. You're going to get the speed. You're going to get the spectacular catch, the deep threat. 
but you're also going to get those drops on the slant route. So don't thank you. I'm I'm so glad somebody said because people like like I said I'm a you know I love me and my receivers man, but he doesn't make the to, like the basic stuff look basic. Like I'm I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. No, you're right. Yeah, no, you're completely right. And I just want to round it out with Kamari Everett because I heard he tested very well. Uh, he tests well. I mean, I test well. He interviewed well when he's at NFL PA Bowl, and they were saying he was probably the best player out there. So. And you need you need big you need big receiving tight ends. So I like him too. So you could go ahead and on Shaq Davis if you want. Listen, <laughs> and let me say something about Andrew Farmer. We saw I met him. That kid is solid. Okay, yeah. no homo. That kid is like he's built like a freaking yeah like a truck. Like I mean, and he's so nice. He like. Yes, sir. No, sir. You know, like he's to be that big and that man, that is he's dope, man. He's a good kid. Good kid. All right, let me get to mine. Uh, coach and broke everything down. I think I probably have the weirdest list. I think I probably have the weirdest list. Okay, listen. <laughs> but you got him so confused, right? Bro, coach is about to coach. <laughs> I gotta go with Xavier Smith okay. as number one, and this is why he's the only person, in my opinion whose measurables and his testing matches the film, like hand in hand. Like it's a perfect match. 4-3-8, you see it on film. The stop and start, you see it on film. The explosion, you see it on film. Xavier Smith, to me, is the safest pick out of all these Bamas because I know what he is, I know what he can do, and he does it very, very well. He's like the guy that you can count on to come to work early, on time and do his job. And that's, and listen, my comp for him is Dante Hall. Dante Hall was in the wrong era. If Dante Hall was in this era, he would be a much bigger name than you guys. Uh, you know, you know, I love, listen, I love Dante Hall. I, uh, you know, I was doing that. He was doing the X up before the X, you know, for Dez. But uh, he is the human highlight reel. Like Xavier Smith is that guy, in my personal opinion. So, I love Xavier Smith. I really do. Mark Evans, you two Lyman guys have gone at nauseum about Mark Evans. I don't need to explain that. So he is what he is. Listen, I love Jada Kiss Bonds. Out, out of like out of the big guys, you know, the short guys, Xavier Smith. Out the big guys, Jada Kiss Bonds, because he does, he can do, he can hit you at every level. I've seen him catch. Uh, a now route and take it to the crib. I'm talking about one step, turn around, make you miss, and I'm out the gate 88. You know what I'm saying? So I've seen that. I've seen him go levels. I've seen him go high for the ball because when you're playing big, when you're when you're playing big like that, you want to see guys play big. And my comp for him, I know it's probably gonna be a little off because this guy doesn't play big like Jadakiss. I like Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, to me, he reminds me a lot of Allen Robinson. Very lanky, can get up the field, can make plays. But the thing that separates Jadakiss from Allen, I mean, Jadakiss from Allen is that Jadakiss can make more plays over your head. And Allen Robinson isn't that type of guy all the time. Um, I like guys that can go up and get the ball. Um, Andrew Farmer, listen, I love, listen, watching this kid at, at the Legacy Bowl every day, day in and day out, I mean, he is a freaking dog, like a silent killer. He ain't going to brag. He ain't going to get loud. He ain't going to talk. He ain't going to do all that. He's the kind of guy, he's going to knock you on your ass, help you up, and say, good job. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's Andrew Farmer, and I love him. Now, Aubrey Miller, 
I have been really hard on Aubrey and Isaiah. But Aubrey Ramilla, my comp for him is Dexter Coakley. That's what he reminds me of a lot. And I listen, I love Dexter Coakley. He was the, the neck roll. I'm coming downhill. See me, see you. You know what I'm saying? And he can get you in between the tackles. Like, I love Dexter Coakley. Dexter Coakley was 5'10", coming out of Appalachian State. I mean, they got the same build. The one thing about the 40 thing, but Dexter Coakley was very, uh, you know, because if, if you want to go, if you want to go even deeper, Dallas had a thing about short linebackers because they had that win. And then we went, we went that, we went Dexter Coakley, then we went that win. And those guys were very instrumental in that defense during those 90s runs. So in uh 2000s as well. So that's my comp. It's more Dexter Coakley. I, I, I think Dexter Coakley is a great comp for me. Uh, I love him. Um, and the way he plays, listen, the one thing that I I disagree with Coach about is I don't think he's that intuitive as Pete, who's more – the guy before him, I can't remember his name, the linebacker before him, uh, Blue, you remember the uh, – Oh, uh, Keontae? Keontae. Keontae was way more intuitive. Like, he could see – he he gave me the uh, the linebacker from the Panthers, that Keekly. He gave me more of a Keekly feel, right, to where you're like, bro – how did you know that that was going to be there and you slipped the block and you're like right at the screen? Like that's the stuff to me that made Keontae so great. Not the physical stature, not just the mindset of how he played linebacker position because he could see it before it happened. He would be there before it happened. It was amazing. Um, that's I, I don't see that in Aubrey. I see Aubrey as – Okay, I see ball, go get ball. You run it to the right. I'm gonna run through this guard. I'm gonna blow that up. You, you, you're not even there, and I'm gonna tackle you. That's what I see a lot of. I don't really see the intuitive of, oh, I know this is coming backside, so let me slip this block. I'm gonna be right here for the cutback lane, and bam, I'm right there. I don't, I don't really see that in Aubrey. I see of a, of like a, 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 a bull with red eyes that says, see ball, go get ball, and nothing's gonna stop me. So, um. If you if you combine those two guys, I think you got a second round pick. If I'm being honest, I think you combine Keontae's wits with Aubrey Miller's physicality and his and his nose for the ball, you have a second round pick easily. Um, so that I am not as high on Isaiah Land as a lot of people. The South, the Southeast Louisiana tape is always going to be in the back of my mind because when I needed you the most, you were a non factor that just bothers me like i know and you and you made a point he's not james houston he's not i think james houston is a hell dog james houston he's the standard for me until i get out of the hbcu space he's the standard for me because of just of his counter moves like he i mean he could do it all speed rush uh uh bull rush uh left extend hold you uh hesitate, come in. I mean, however you wanted it, he could give it to you. He had a move for the move for the move. Um, and I don't see that from Isaiah Land. I don't, I don't see the versatility of, okay, I'm going to get you with the speed rush. Okay, I'm going to hit you with the bull rush. Okay, I'm going to chop and swipe until I'm going to rip him. I'm going I'm to I'm I don't see all that. I just see a guy who's athletic, who might do a little swipe and then kind of get around you. And I'm like, okay, when you go against a, a very – knowledgeable or very talented tackle that is not going to work and you're going to have to have uh, a counter move for the counter move so that's why I'm really low on Isaiah Land I think he'd probably be a better just play him as a like you said a 3-4 linebacker you know fluid 
kind of hybrid style. Um, yeah, so that. Dejan, he's really borderline for me. I'm very high on him. Super, super, super high on him. I just I just couldn't put him over Aubrey because of the production. I can't put you over because of the production. Like, you got all the skill sets you got. I mean, like, Coach Trey Oliver literally was gleaming, gleaming about Dejan Nugget, talking about the Celebration Bowl, and, like, we weren't trying to throw at that kid. He's the best corner. He said Travis might be the most athletic, but just, like, corner, like, you're talking about I want a pure corner. He was like, it's Nugget. It's not even close. So, you know, you can see the talent. You see the skill set. You just, he just doesn't have the production behind him for me to put him over any of these guys on the list. And Kamari Everett, y'all have said enough about that. Kamari Everett is Kamari Everett. You know what I'm saying? So it, it is, it's enough said on that. But, you know, listen, man, like, y'all going to stop disrespecting my receivers, right? Like, this is an offensive game, all right? Now, I, had, I had Jada Kiss to hire the everybody you. here. He did. Listen, I mean, I, yeah, but he should be. Oh, no, just, he should be number one. <laughs> I will I, say the nug. I would nugget though. I will say, like, I probably would have had him. I just to me, I, I this could be. I, I don't see him playing corner at the next level. It, if he's going to be successful in the NFL, he's going to have to move back to safety. I think he's a better safety. Than, I, I think he's a better safety than he is a corner. Yes, not because he can't play the technique, because he's a better ball hawk. Like, Yes. He sees the ball, so he plays it like a receiver. He sees the ball really well, so I think making him a center fielder fits his style more than just focusing on one guy and 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 what he does. I mean, he can play it if you need him to do it. He can do it, but he kind of reminds me of ooh. I I know you guys will probably be like what I he reminds me a lot of Trayvon Diggs, right? And the reason I say that is because I think Trayvon's a better safety than he is a DB. Like, because he's too, he's too, I think Nugget is more disciplined than Trayvon. Trayvon is not a disciplined DB. I don't care what you want to say. He's not disciplined. He wants, he he has that Travis Hunter type feel, right? To where you're not good as me. If I see the ball, I'm going to jump it. I'm going the other way. That's just what Trayvon digs in naturally. But I think him as a free safety, oh, it would be unreal. Because you couldn't throw it off if, if, if you and your receiver is, is going against Trayvon Diggs, I'm taking Trayvon Diggs every time other than maybe uh, DK Metcalf and maybe uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But other than that, Trayvon Diggs is coming down with that ball. I mean, freebie up in the air, I'm taking that all day long because he's a former wide receiver with the Maryland, from Maryland. Shout out DMV, good with me. You know what I'm saying? I just want to make sure to throw that little caveat there. We got, we got ball. I, th- I think you're right on the mindset. I'm with you on that. I don't, I don't know if the game – would necessarily be just because it's so tough because Trayvon went from wide receiver to corner like Nuggets like a like a defensive back at heart but Diggs was a wide receiver so I think that's where that kind of that disconnect with him is in terms of being a pure corner is that I mean if you remember I mean he was a dominant wide receiver I mean, he's what a five star wide receiver uh, when he got to Bama I think he was I thought if he was, I thought he, was, he, was he was four or five yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it's important. And so, so I, I think I think that's kind of where you get the like. He's like, man, listen, I, I still want to catch. He's still got that wide receiver mindset as a corner. Yeah, he's like the ball's intended for him, <laughs> and I think that that's the issue. So, like, I think the mindset is similar, but I think I'm trying to think like, oh, I'm got, trying to think of a good. People, I got some people in the chat. Somebody says Xavier Howard, mm-hmm. uh, Charles Woodson. I definitely disagree mm-hmm. with that one. Um, I don't a, like. Okay, I, I got a rule. 
hear me out because I, I I saw the comp for Aubrey in the chat. And I thought about it for like half a second, but I don't compare players to Hall of Famers. Yeah, I made or, my mistake early in my, or, my yeah, career. I don't do that. Like someone put Zach Thomas in the chat. No, no, no. And it I'm just like, fair. I can't, I can't, it's like, cause it's click because I was thinking undersized linebackers who might not are hyper athletic. Zach Thomas was that, but their games are so different. Like I just, and also I just, I hate comparing guys. Like when people are like coming out, like he's the next Tom Brady, he's the next Patrick. It's like, bro, please stop doing that. Yeah. Pick yeah. someone like reasonable. Like he's probably not the next Tom Brady. That's why I gave him Lawrence Timmons. So can't, <laughs> okay, I'll answer this very. I've been come on, D Lyman. Come on, D Lyman. Talk to me with all due respect. The offense, I don't want people to fall in love with that stuff, that legacy bowl from the interior because the offensive line play was it was so bad, you know, to an extent where it's like we made. Decent, really pretty good players look first round gradage. So the thing about Cam, I think Cam is he has the build. I mean, he's all 6'5, 280 pounds. You want to see that from a 3-4 defense end, because that's what he would play. He'll be a four-eye guy. But little things like his pad level, how he defeats double teams, and you know, it just comes to the simple thing of he has really long arms, but for some reason all of the linemen are consistently getting to his chest. But um, outside of that, he is a really decent run defender because he's strong. Um, and if, when it comes to his pass rushing, if he doesn't get you with the first move, then he's probably not going to bring a second, third. Um, but I think Cam is a solid option. I think he'll probably be like a USFL pickup or something like that. If someone wants to give a chance on a 6'5", 280-pound-plus defensive lineman, and he looks like a part, sure. But drafted... In the NFL, no, I, I can't. Um, I can't say that. That would be the. You know what? You know what's funny that you say. Like, we talked to an agent. Uh, me and Blue talked to an agent, uh, and the agent literally said the same thing. And I was, I was so surprised that they said that because I'm just like, you know, because what? I was just like, well, he's a big guy. You know, he he can play outside if you want him to. He can play inside. You know what I'm saying? Like. You can kind of like you can be very versatile with him. And uh, what he reminded me of was like a David Irving with the Cowboys. I know I'm using a lot of Cowboys pictures. I watch a lot of Cowboys film. You know what I'm saying? But it's just that, you know, we use David inside, outside, you know what I'm saying? Depending on who we, where we wanted to do it with. But you saying that being a former defensive lineman is really making me like, well, I got to go back and watch some Southern games because I'm like, you know, the size alone and the length, you would just be like, how could he not? I just, I just look at hand placement, man. It's so important because mm -hmm. they, whoever hand – I tell my even my guys with shorter arms, like, yo, if you get your hands in first, you control the distance. I mean, that's just natural. So my thing is people are getting to his chest too much. And then when, you know, when him and – when the interior guys from uh, Team uh, Robinson went up against Robert Mitchell, the story is a little different. Now, mm -hmm. I want people to really look back at the game. They can. Look at when the explosion of all the sacks really happened. It was that second group team gave the offensive line and you know what except I mean, for my guy Dumas I Dumas, was, du oh, Dumas was out there cooking Mitchell too well kind of it was fighting so, <laughs> hey for, for a 5'9 guy he gets the credit I, I'm gonna I get I, I'm gonna give it to you I love Mitchell to death so I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for Mitchell because Mitchell is if 
anyone not named Mark Evans, he's like, you know, he's the second yeah, best. I feel yeah, he's he's definitely the second best O-lineman in, yeah. in like HBCU guys. Yeah, hands down. So I mean, speaking of Arby's, that his uh his uh comp for me was uh uh Lawrence Timmons. That's that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's and, and I got a, a Cowboys comp in my uh in the draft guys guy. You uh, actually he played at Alcorn. Justin Durant from Hampton. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. I like, I like, I like, I like, I like him. him too. Like, I'm surprised he's not getting more. He's, so, he's so versatile. Oh, he's Dre, so versatile. Dre Terry got drafted in the USFL before. Claude, I, I, I thought that was crazy. Now, I love Drake. No, I love no. I, like, Drake is a dog. I like Drake, but I like Claude, yeah, Claude way more Claude than Drake. Trey Terry. He yeah. is just a he's a he's man. He's everywhere. He's, he's literally yeah, he's, a, he's old too. You know how that goes. They they, they played him football. They play some football. Like, also, he, no, you go ahead. Uh, uh, no, not like with with like the chat and people are like, what about this guy? What about this guy? Like, bro, I mean, we talk about this all the time. I think people forget it. I don't think people understand how few picks you're really fighting for. <laughs> I mean, like, when you got Georgia's going to get 10 to 15 guys drafted, LSU's going to have 8 to 12, Bama's going to have 7 to 13, Oklahoma's going to have 6, Kentucky will have probably 3 or 4. Like, <laughs> there's 256 picks in the draft, and, like, a hunt, like 250, I mean, like, I, like 225 are going to P5 kids? Yeah. That's being nice. I mean, granted, I say, yeah, because yeah, because I mean, and think about it, the D two, D three, FCS. You know what I'm saying? Like that you you know you have those ones, D twos, like Mount Union Baptist Christian. Where <laughs> where is well, it? And all fair, I think I don't. You know, blew my bugging head. Didn't seem like it just doesn't seem like a lot of FCS products from all over getting talked about outside of maybe. Four guys that's outside of HBCU. It doesn't seem like it's a lot this year. Like I didn't Ma- see a lot in the combine. Ma- Malk is gonna go first, probably first or second round. Okay. Out of North Dakota, which that's fair because the kid's a freak. No, nah, yeah, he's is an offensive lineman. Tucker Kraft will go day two early. The tight end for South Dakota State, a freak yeah. again. Um, you'll probably get the kid from Sacramento State, the box safety who moved down to linebacker. Marte Mapu is a guy who is going to get drafted just because of his pure athleticism. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, like, just, like, in it terms of – It doesn't seem like it's a lot, you know? No, because like, there, there's a lot of guys who are getting looked, but I think the combine kind of slacked up. Like, they invited the tight end for North Dakota State, which it is what it is, but he's been fighting a lot of injuries, so he couldn't yeah. really work out. Hunter Lipke went to the combine. He couldn't work out. That's the fullback who's probably going to get drafted for North Dakota State. Sure. But yeah. the problem with FCS, same with, like, HBCU is really and truly like the guys who are the top prospects yeah. all came back for the most. Like, there's a lot of guys who are going to be like the draft class next year for HBCU and FCS. It's going to be it's going to be stupid. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm looking and we're going to talk about that as well going uh, going forward. But let's get into your top ten coach, and then we'll get into our top twenty twenty four prospects of uh, next year. Let me bring this up really quick. All right, Coach, break them on down, your top ten. All right, so we went through most of them already. Um, so uh, we went through Mark Evans. He's my number one. Uh, we went through Isaiah Land, Orby Miller. Uh, did I give the comps? Did I gave the comp, comp, yep. comp. 
Uh, Jadakus Bonds comp, me and Malik uh, came up. Well, he he actually came up with it. I just loved it. Uh, he like Chris Henry. Um, I can see the um, yeah the length, the ability to be like you know toe drag swag on the sideline, the nice strong hand he plucks it out the air. I, I I can see that when when Malik said that I was like oh yeah I, I'm not touching that like you did your thing with that one. Um, Andrew Farmer, outside of the, I didn't know he was this kind of. That's why I'm saying that. The the, the the testing in the film was like hold hold on because on film I mean he's he he doesn't look as fast and as as athletic like you know he runs down the line of scrimmage and he chases the ball down the line of scrimmage you can see he has some quickness but I had him as a Michael Bennett comp because he's just so stout against the run mm. I mean, him and Mark Evans were battling for two years in a row like Lane and uh Prime Bluff film is still on YouTube other thing like watch the game I mean they were going at it it wasn't I'm not with Martin one the one on one, but it wasn't easy. So I'm like, okay, I like the kid. So I really maybe like last and I really started watching him when he went against Mark Evans. I was like, okay, let me look at this kid again. I said, okay, yeah, I see it. Uh, Dallas Daniels, uh, I get his comp was Harry Douglas uh, from the Falcons back in the day. Um, Shaq Davis and Martavis Bryant, Kamari Everett. Man, I was so in between on his comp because like it's it's so many. I don't know. How do you say it? There's so many big guys that just that could catch the rock. Um, so I was thinking Bennett, but Bennett at first, I was really thinking Bennett. I was like, wait, no, 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 because Bennett was like a a crazy like uh, uh, he was a crazy run blocker. So then I was like, okay, I'm trying to think of some guys that, that are like more receiver base. And then I was like, hmm. Then I was um, and I was uh, what's the guy from the Packers man? How I forget his name already. Antonio, uh, and no, um, big the big guy, man. The oh, big oh, my shark. No, 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 no. Um, darn it, Jesus, Jesus. The big, the big. Uh, he's a he's still playing, man. He played for the Packers. It's a Tunyon. No, Lord. Oh no. And when y'all hear, when y'all, when I figure out when the name comes to my head, y'all gonna be like, oh. The chat, okay. probably, gonna, the chat probably gonna hit us with it, but yeah. go ahead. Um, but no, nah, I gave him Jarrell Adams that played for the Giants. Um, it's just strictly because I'm not, I don't see the strength as a um, Mercedes Lewis. There we go, Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's but that's why I originally said wow. that Mercedes Lewis is a really good blocker, so I got to find someone that's like good with solid receiver, but an okay blocker. So I was like Jarrell Adams, I look back at the tape when he played with the Giants. Really good hands, though. I mean, good hands, knows how to use his body, really good red zone threads, just the blocking versus. Defense alignment are equal size to you. Now, when you go against linebackers, like he, you know, you saw him ever did the, you know, Shiloh. I mean, you go against someone that side, he's going to kill that. Yeah, he's going to. Yeah. But when you go against big off, big defense alignment, that's where he struggled a bit. Um, Isaiah Bolden, uh, Coach Nooks did his comp. Uh, he gave him Greedy Williams. Um, he likes, I didn't, I think, I think Bolden is, he's a hard one for me. It's like, Teams, I think, are going to go for him because he does have that. I mean, he was a top recruit, power five guy, came down, dealt with some injury. But it's like, okay, there's a 6-2 corner sitting right here that performed four, very three. well in NFL PA Bowl. 4-3 speed. 4-3 speed, and he could kick and punt return. So it's like, do I want to let someone else take that? Probably not. So I'm thinking someone's gonna go for him. Uh, he gave him Greedy Williams. I couldn't find a real good comp for him because when I, I don't know anybody his size that was that good as a kick returner and a corner or D back. I was trying. I kept trying to think. So I just let Coach Nooks handle it. Uh, he gave him Greedy Williams just from the defensive back perspective. And my guy, 
that is going to end up in someone's NFL camp. Keyshawn Moore from Hampton. 6'2", 280 pounds, 4'7", mm-hmm. 35 plus on the bench. 4-3, three, three, what he said, 4-4 four, four, or 4-3 four, shuttle. Oh. I mean, oh, so good. I mean, Lackawanna kid, for those that don't know, Lackawanna Community College produces the best HBCU football player from the JUCO level. Savion Williams. <laughs> I believe Tyler Long went there. Nugget. Mitchell, Nugget. I mean, they have produced some really good HBCU athletes. So, I'm, I love Keyshawn Moore. I heard some talk about him possibly moving to fullback, too. Everybody wants the next Pat McCard. Cool. You, people, including me, when I actually talked to him and asked him, like, yo, I, I just said, yo, you don't, you never looked that big on film. He looked 250, 240, 255-ish. He was a linebacker. He said he was playing, like, maybe a little, maybe 15, 20 pounds, a little less than that. He was a linebacker at one point. And then, when he was at uh, Lackawanna, he was, like, 230 pounds. He wasn't even that big. So, I like Keyshawn Moore because of the versatility, because he can play the zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He can play everything. He can play linebacker, and you can put him, you want to pull him at fullback? Well, he's not sleeping to get into someone's camp. Um, and then, you know, there's other guys. On the list. I have a whole list of, uh, you know, like like top 20. Um, but a lot of guys that y'all have on there would have been like my 11 to 20. So I don't want anybody to take a slice. I know you love your receivers. But I do have three, so that's good. You know, I appreciate that. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate, I, I appreciate that, Coach. And listen, if you guys want the full in-depth of draft HBCU players, I just put the link in the chat. If you want to see all Coach and Malik's and their whole comp, their whole draft guide, this is a for-us, by-us draft guide. So please make sure you go support. It is only $15, okay? It has great, great stuff in it. I wish I could – let me see if I can pull, pull it up so you guys can see what it looks like uh, when you get it. Uh, let me see. Just of how how dope they did this thing. All right, let me see. If you don't mind, Coach, let me pull this up. For oh, no, do thing. Oh, access denied? What you mean? I bought this thing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, Scotty gets that figured out, Coach. I had to pull up my list of FCS guys. Okay. All day I've been doing research on HBCU guys for the show. Mm-hmm. You got you got McClendon Curtis from Chattanooga, the offensive lineman that was at the Senior Bowl in the Combine. Right. Getting a lot of hype. Izovas from Princeton is – yeah. Flying up draft. Oh boys. my God, that boy can't move. <laughs> he, bro, man, he at 6'3, 200 plus pounds, setting the 60 meter record. Yeah, that's, that's flying that's and can catch. And then you got Justin Ford from Montana, who I think is completely underrated as a defensive back. I mean, there's a chance I think he could be the best defensive back in the whole FCS class this upcoming year. I mean, he's that good. So this is the draft guy, guys. I mean, he they go into in-depth breakdowns of comps and everything. I won't give you all of it because you better be screenshotting and sharing and <laughs> content. But that's pretty much what it looks like, guys. I'm telling you, it goes. It, I'm talking about quarterbacks, linebackers, uh, running backs, whatever you think, whatever whoever you could possibly think of is probably in this draft guy. It won't hurt you. Go support, man. Like I said, for us, by us, a uh, full HBCU draft guide of where they see these guys going, their comps and everything like that. And let me – I'm sorry. I, let me just say this because I see that uh, DJ – I am not a fan, okay? They got from – Boy, listen. You talking about somebody I am not a fan of? Is that guy? I'm, when I seen him, I'm, I saw him. I'm like, mm, mm, nah, I'm good. But well, you know, you I'm, guys do your due diligence, though. You, yeah, listen, yeah, I mean, we, we all knew that this wasn't 
next year's quarterback class is going to be. Come on, we are. I'm so ready for Davius to come out. I'm so ready. You know what I mean? So this is like a this is an interesting quarterback class. We all know next year is our bread and butter. We got dudes talking about the next year. All right, here we go, guys. Listen, appreciate you guys for tuning in all the way through. Twenty top. 2024 prospects. Me and Blue have a list. Coach G is just going. He listen. The, the guru in him is just going to shoot it out to you. You got to go do the rest of the work. All right, and go find him and go talk about him and see what see what he says. Also, listen. Sunday night, uh, the girls need girls show by Key and Robin will be moved to Friday at seven. Okay, I'm gonna make another announcement tomorrow doing my morning show, but just want to make that clear. Here we go. These are my top prospects for 2024. All right, I got Davius Richards. You got listen, he's a winner, baby. Winners win. Okay, winners win. Uh, still want. I, I still I want to see that progression come a little bit more with the passing. But at the end of the day, the guy's a winner. Jarvion Howard is a walking day two pick. I mean, he is a walking day two pick in my opinion. If he can have the same production he had this year, next year with even more with with Alcorn really winning. Crazy now, it's Gaddy. I have been super critical of Nows, but he is super critical. But he has gotten better every year, and he has the measurables that if he has a great production year this year, you could see him go day two, day three. Isaiah Major, listen, you might listen. This kid is everywhere, bro. That number zero is freaking everywhere. I love Isaiah Major, and last but not least, I know Coach G is going to talk about this kid. Through the galore, Anim Dankwa. I hope I am pronouncing that right. Anim or Anim? Dankwa. 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 Okay. Dankwa. I'm not even going to go into it. Coach is going, he's going to galore. He's going to drool over him. So I'm going to let him go after uh, after Blue. Blue, it's on you. Yeah. D- Richard, let's just come on, bro. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be the talk of everybody. Coming out, of the, coming out, of the you know, in terms of HBCU prospects, I got Jarvion Howard up there too. I, as a running back man, he's got the power, got the breakaway speed, can be that every down back, and and he can pass block, and that's so important, man. And listen, if you can't pass block nowadays, your your the hype around you is going to go way down. Niles Gaddy too, his versatility, his length, and I think Niles is in an interesting spot because we've seen Isaiah come out, we've seen James come out, that's and good. there's been so many questions about their measurables. Niles Gaddy's check the boxes for all the measurables. Facts. So he's so is if if Isaiah goes and produces, NFL teams are going to be say Niles Gaddy who's coming out with all the measurables is going to be a no brainer pick. Yeah. And he played half the season last year hurt. I I, I told listen I I talked to the Gaddies. I told him I need 10, 10 plus sacks this year. That should be the goal. That should be the minimum. It's ten sacks next year for Jackson. I also got Kenny Gallup Jr. Howard. I, I went back and forth with him and Anim, but I knew Coach G was going to bring him. But, man, Kenny Gallup at safety, yes. but this this kid, yes. he should be a no-brainer pick. He got Budapest written all over him to me. Man, I'm tell, I, that was exactly who I was thinking, too. <laughs> He's he, can play, he can play everywhere if he needs to, yeah. and he is everywhere yeah. uh, when you watch his tape. And then uh, Sundiata Anderson, man, he could have I mean, came out this year really and truly – and coach, me and you talked, me and you had him on the episode we did this summer. We both agree, probably one of the best run stopping yes. defensive linemen in the swag, if not the best. And if he can take another step forward with his pass rush, he's got the measurables. Him and Niles Gaddy 
listen, the path that James Houston, Isaiah Land have had to fight for, Anderson and Anderson and Gaddy are going to walk right into day two. Just, just creep in there. They have to do no work. So I, I love all these guys, and I think of Neem's right there too. Um, so yeah, they, these are my five guys for the HBCU prospects. Uh, you know, I want to say something before we get the coach. I said, and I think I was right about that. I said Sandata. I remember if you remember, I said Sandata yeah. will have a better year than Isaiah Land. And, you know, I'm just not going to say like it did. But go ahead, Coach, your top 2024 prospects. Of- I, I'm just going to throw a few names out. Not too many. But, I, I mean, it's funny. When you asked this question earlier, I was like, oh, wow. I already started making my some lists. So, I was like, let me just read off some of my list. Oh, before I do that, just Jada Byers. Just to let, I, <laughs> yes, I'm a union knight. But I'm telling you, if y'all like Tariq Cohen, he is the Division II version of Tariq. And he runs legit in between the tackles. I mean, unions are running. We're running. We're running school. Like, that's what we do. We don't throw the rock like that. We we run the rock. Now he's legit five seven, probably about one hundred and eighty plus pounds, probably. But he's. I'm telling you, when that Hall of Fame game comes, the first football, first Black House football game of the year, when we play Morehouse. When you see this guy on live television, because a lot of people haven't seen him on live television. When he was in Jersey, he ran they, – they, they said he scored 10 touchdowns in the game. Some crazy number. The kid is just like that. Just putting that out there. So he's, I'm not saying he's number one or five, but he's the best running back in HBCU football for the, since last year. And, yes, he does. Wow. That's, he is that's bad. ridiculous. Wow. So, I don't know how Union was able to keep him for three years. <laughs> But we have him, and he is we is just we're RBU in black college football. No one can be put that. All right, so Ramel Harris Freeman from Delaware State. Ooh, I like that. Six four, might be six five. They plays corner and safety. He is we we comp. I already got a comp for him. Me and Coach Lynch already comp. He's Trey Flowers. Mm. <laughs> Remember the name, Ramel Harris Freeman, because, you know, we worked with the uh, Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame for the Leas Williams Award. We worked with them last year, so we worked with, you know, Khalil Baker and him getting selected. So that was amazing. So we're going to come out with a list for DB soon. But I just want to – Kenny Gallup, like y'all said, Karan Prunty of A&T. I want y'all to look at Ronte Dunbar. Oh, you liked, yeah, you, like, yeah, you yes. like that. Yeah, he came from Kansas, right? Yep, I love yep. him. I love him. He's going to get drafted. Just putting that out there. Uh, Khalil Baker, he comes out next year. You know, that's okay. Rich's teammate. Uh, then we had, let's see who we got. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not mistaken. I think Davis might be draft eligible next year. Devontae Davis. If my, is, does he have one more yeah. year? Blue? Yeah, yeah, it's just one more year. So he's eligible next year. Devontae Davis is draft eligible next year. I just saw him front squad 400 times. The kid, yo, Blue. We we agree when it comes to our line thing, we pretty much agree on damn near everything. Yeah. Lockett Davis is our guy. Like I don't I know the stats didn't show it, but that's why you gotta watch film. I don't care about a defensive tackle stats. What you doing on film? Like listen, that's why Aubrey's got a hundred plus tackles because Devontae uh, Davis is out there helping him. Bro, hey, listen, coach. I don't know. Like from day one, people was like, Oh, Scotty, I said, listen. Devontae Davis is the superstar. Blue, how many times every week we'll you get did. on here and say, Devontae Davis is the superstar of the D-line. Yeah. I said, I don't care about nobody else you're talking about. It's Devontae 
Davis, because if you can't block him, yes. the rest of them guys don't have to nothing to worry about because Devontae gonna wreck shop on you every day. But go ahead, I'm sorry. He's on everything. He's like a combo blocker destroyer. I love I watch well, I love watching him play. So there's some names I know some people might have forgot a couple about a couple names. Darian Brokenberg, he's kind of having a bounce back season. That's my I, I like him. Jablonski Green Jr., he got hurt. I know people were a little underwhelmed with his performance this past year. Don't sleep on – don't don't lose – don't sleep on it. Just don't sleep on it. Please, I'm begging y'all, okay? I got Niles Gaddy, Kamari Stevens, I want to see – I want to see it again. I just want to see it again. I just mm-hmm. want to see it. Make sure it wasn't just a one-trick one trick pony kind. Of. I want to see it again. Um, Who else we got? Oh, let's run off some of these. Amazing line. I, I tweeted this earlier. We got Colton Adams. He's draft eligible. Isaiah Major, he's draft eligible. Monroe Beard, he transferred to Tennessee State. He's draft eligible. Lawrence Richardson from Morgan State, he's draft eligible. Jalen Campbell, draft eligible. Keyshawn Johnson from Prairie View, draft eligible. Durante Davis from Jackson, from Jackson State. Now that RB left, it's your show, brother. Yeah. He's draft eligible. And then, you know, of course, I mean, and then it's like, course. I mean, I mean, Tonk was, I'm a D-line guy. I just love seeing I, – I love seeing big offensive linemen that just, like, when it's like – it's like a, it's almost like he's fucking – Me and Blue was sitting right next to each other at the at Swag Challenge, and that's all we said the whole game. If they run to the left, they yeah. get positive yards. Every time, and they put him at right guard this year, too. Dog. At 6'8", 360. Yo, he is – the he's yeah he's the guy now Let Jarvin me. Howard he's another one that's a good pick um that's actually a really solid pick and I just want to throw this out here if Maurice Washington would have came back for another year he would have been my number one overall uh, prospect hands down yeah I heard it was Gray's that's why he jumped early um let me let me ask you this right two uh, two part two question one the guy you have on your shirt oh from Fort Valley State correct am I, am I- yeah Emmanuel Wilson. Do yes. you think he came out too early, and or did he get too much of a big head? Because he was a junior uh, that he came out early. Most HBCU players do not do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what have you been hearing? You know, I haven't heard much buzz about him. You know, he didn't come to the Legacy Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So what? People like him. I'm just being honest with you. He looks like an NFL back. He's legit 5'11", 230 pounds. And he just moves forward. And he's a one-cut guy. He can cut the catch the ball the backfield, but into the day, that wasn't a, a big thing in the offense. He didn't have to do that too often. He's been a pure, solid running back, power back that has breakaway speed. Um, he's like a we compliment Latavius Murray. It's like okay, you can catch the ball at the backfield. Wow. But we know what your we know what your game is. You're gonna go this way. You're gonna see the gap. Hit plant it. your foot. Hit the gap. And I'm. I'm cool with that. I mean, I think for him, people – I mean, when at the NFL PA Bowl, they said he was he did really good. I mean, he started. You know, he got first-team reps. I mean, they like him a lot. And pass protection, he's better than most of the other guys. I think that separated him from Hagens. Hagens is fast, better hands, you know, same kind of one-cut guy with speedster. But he couldn't pass block that as well as uh, Wilson. So you got a 5'11", 230, possible three-down back that could pass block. Not that much wear and tear on your body because I don't think he had that many career carries, to be honest with you. So it's like, okay, why not? He could have gone back, but end of the day, he still would have been what? I mean, he wasn't even the best back in HBCU football this year. It was Jada. It was Jada. It was Jada Byers. You yeah. know what I mean? And then next year would have been 
Jada Byers, and now you got Javier Howard. You know, and it would have been Tootin, but he went. He ended up going to Virginia Tech somewhere. He ended up going somewhere. Yeah, I so think it was Virginia Tech. Yeah, Virginia Tech. So I mean, you know, he could have fought for the number one spot for this coming up year, upcoming year, but he came out. He listen. He was a Shrine Bowl uh, preseason watch list guy. I mean, they were people were interested in. Him. So I mean, I know they're in his ear. So I mean, I don't blame him for coming out. I think he did the right thing. And my and my last question, uh, uh, for South Carolina State, I want to BJ Davis and Jablonski Green, those two, because I'm really high on BJ Davis. I know he went, I know he he went to the portal. Uh, I don't know where he's Wake went. Forest. He went to Wake. Okay, went to Wake Forest. Um, but where do you see BJ Davis and Jablonski? I think Jablonski, I love his hands. I love his movement. I love his tenacity. He's a little undersized, but I love. B.J. Davis, like I really do. He kind of reminds me of, and just off the top, not really watching film, he's like a Raekwon Smith, real slim type, you know, can can kind of do a lot of things. But what what, <clears throat> what do you see about uh, B.J. Davis? I'm going to say this as nice as I can. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I watch football with my dad on the weekend. Hall of Fame linebacker from Morgan. <laughs> thought he went to wait or he must have decommitted. Oh yeah, he did go to East Carolina. You know, he's there with um oh Tyler King. He's there with Tyler King at uh, from uh, North Carolina T. BJ Davis is a he would be honestly he BJ Davis might have had two hundred tackles this year if he would have just made the tack. I mean, he's he, I'm gonna be honest, he's not a good tackler. Mm. Or, or inside linebacker. Mm. I mean, he's he's a good tackler for. No, I can't even say that because everything's an overfill. You need you need that. You can't have a, a your tackle rate. If you believe in PFF stats, I believe his ta- his missed tackle rate was like fifteen percent or something. So I, I I'm gonna check. I can check again. Um, but my, that's big for me. Like he just missed a lot of tackles. Now is he instinctual as hell? When it comes to his pass and pass coverage, oh, he's crazy. Yeah, he's a great, great pass. Let's see his. T- okay, so this this proves my point. His career missed tackle percentage according to PFF is seventeen point six. Gee, So like, I guess I looked it up just to me see what that. So you want your linebackers at five percent ish, like elite. Elite back, like the elite backers are hitting like two, three percent. Yeah, it's like Patrick Willis in his prime. Luke Keekley ain't miss a damn tackle. So you see guys like that now. Seventeen percent just concerns me a bit. Mm. Like, dang, like, and it was just, and you know what made it worse? They played these power five opponents, and that's just that's South Carolina State's bread and butter for how we sell you to get to the league. We're gonna play the either we're gonna play the top team. Well, not at least we're gonna play an FBS schedule at the beginning of the year. You're going to play South Carolina or Clemson, UCF, whoever. They're going to play two FBS schools a year. Listen, you got to do what you got to do. You're right. You, that, that UCF game was bad for him. It was – I mean, it was – it was, it was you talking about some Isaiah Lamb bad tape? Hey, that, that UCF – and I watched it from beginning to the end. I'm like, yo, BJ, where are you, bro? Like, I'm talking about people in the backfield. 
I'm, and he and he's just sliding off. I'm like, yo. Yeah, so hey, now that you bring it up, it does. It, it did kind of come back to me. That's just, <laughs> that's just the Florida game was. Yeah, he, he's getting he's getting coverage, but his, his tackling ability has to grow. And that conference he went to, they like to play in space. So we we gotta see. I just I, I, we gonna see. That's fine. I I'm, I like BJ though. I'm not I'm not. I get you. I get you. But it's, it's just I gotta. I love HBCU guys, and I know there are times where I can be a little like Homer. So I gotta like sometimes I gotta bring myself down and just be realistic. Like, yeah, it, it, I love him, but he can't. If he can't tackle, he can't tackle. Down me, I hate him or don't like him. He just he's not a good tackler right now. Now that's he's fair. Also gonna be a grad student, so that's fair. Uh, any other questions, Blue? Before we get up out of here, no, I, I know who your number one running back prospect is going to be next year. Your boy Isaiah is coming out of South Dakota State at running back. <laughs> hey, that boy different. Okay. Six two two twenty. I like it. Like, can move. What about the black kid? Was it Amir? What's his name? Amar, he's a sophomore. I I like or him. Junior. So he has two years. I like him more. I like because I, I think they're like lightning, like thunder and lightning. And I think the the black kid is lightning. Like the Isaiah yeah. kid is thunder. You know what I'm saying? But the kid behind him, he's special. He yeah. It, Amar Amar and Isaiah are gonna be. Ignorant together this year. It's their second straight year playing in the backfield together. Oh god, that kid's different. That kid's different. I like. I, I I love that kid. He's he is uh Kobe Johnson. Kobe Johnson. Kobe That's Johnson. the running back from North Dakota State that had three rushing touchdowns against Incarnate uh, Incarnate Word. He's oh, a dog too. Man. Yeah, he's coming out. And then I mean, South Dakota State's got like eighteen guys. The Yankee Twins are coming out next year. Wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. You got what? Four offensive linemen that are probably draft eligible for them coming out next year. You got the line, all the linebackers coming out that are all probably going to be top top FCS prospects. I mean, South Dakota State next year. I don't know what the record is for guys drafting a single year from FCS, but <laughs> they they can make a push for it. That's 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 nice. That's special, man. Hey, listen, Coach G, man, we appreciate you for coming on, man. We wanted to bring football back. It's been a lot of talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> but we we knew if we brought you on, it ain't gonna be nothing but football, football, and more football. Uh, where can people catch you at, Coach? Uh, Draft HBCU on Twitter. Please follow Draft HBCU on Twitter. Uh, I'm also uh, Coach underscore Huggins Junior on Twitter. Same thing on Instagram and Draft HBCU. If you just put in Draft HBCU, I mean, you can find us. It's not we're not hard to find. Uh, make sure you support the Draft Guide. Uh, it's on our website, DraftHBCUplayers.com. Um, but yeah, we're up and running, man. We just, I'm taking a little break because you know, that draft guy took a lot out of me the past few months. So I'm taking a little break on the focus on my baseball, but I'll be back when the draft, you know, after the draft and hopefully my pickups, I have six. That's my, my heart number. It's six, but my brain is saying they're only going to go four. So after the draft, we'll bring you back on, talk about, you know, who got snubbed and who should have been where and all that type of stuff and see, you know, priority free agents and where some of these kids might land and how they'll fit the system. Uh, let's, uh, you know what? Let's have a fun. First HBCU player off the board. Coach G, who you got? It better be Mark. <laughs> it better be Mark. I mean, it, it has to be. It has to be Mark. Okay. What do you think? Uh, I, I'm going with Xavier. I'm going with Xavier Smith. I, I just think he's just too dynamic not to be taking off the fourth. first. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be like third, right? He could be third. He could be as high as third round, third or fourth round. Real, no, his height might 
his height is what's going to scare a lot of people off. But if you love him, if you love him, you'll go get him. Look at Are you picking him over Tank Dell? No. <laughs> Come on. I'm at this if you're, Listen, I'll, over, if you're not I'll, picking him over, if you're not picking him over, I love Dell, him, but he—I'm yeah. he, not picking him over Tank Dell. I'm sorry. Like, if you pick him over Tank Dell, that means you think Goodell is going second. Yes. He, some people have comp. Some people talking about he's moving Haven high. He's going second. So if you're taking him over Tank, that means you think that Zay's going first or early second he, round, and he's not. It, there's a zero percent chance. There's no, a negative percent. He's not going that high. You know, I know he's not going that. But this is the thing, though, right? This is okay. the thing. If you put Xavier Smith in Houston's offense, they probably go he, – he, X could probably get eight to 900 yards just to say – because think about Rashawn McCoy was his, was his quarterback last year. He didn't get those opportunities. And then when he finally gets – when he finally gets Musa – it's it's literally him. It's it's all they had. Listen, every week I would come on here and say, if you don't stop Xavier Smith, the game is over. Like it, you you don't have a chance to win. So every team could just literally load up against Xavier because they weren't going to run the ball effectively. There was no second option for Xavier. And I'm not saying that you know Tank Dale isn't special because he's special. Great route runner. Great deep threat. Great stop. But I'm like. I think people are disrespecting Xavier Smith because of the situation that he was in for the last two years. And you see how special, even in the situation, he still made, he still made lemonade out of lemons. So I, listen, I still, you can't ignore the production of Tank Dale, a thousand yard receiver, back to back years. You can't ignore that. All I'm saying is if you put Xavier in the same option, could he have not gotten the same thing? And I believe he could have. I honestly believe he could have. That's just my personal opinion. I, I don't disagree with you, but I don't think NFL teams are going to – like you can't think like that if you're a franchise because it's like you got to see it. I so agree. I agree. But like it's just been – yeah, but if you're if you're talking about like over Tankdale, no way. But like I mean I think there's a chance he could be the first guy drafted. I still am going to ride with Mark. For right now, I think someone like I told Scotty before the show, someone might reach on Isaiah yeah. just because of his potential. Like if some, like you said, if, if they love you, they're gonna try to go get you. Possibly Isaiah, but I'm gonna rock with Mark right now. P- possibly Isaiah or Xavier as as the other two options. But isn't isn't Tank Dale like five eight? It what, doesn't it's, matter. It's, I'm, no, I'm just asking. Cause yeah, he's he's like five eight, and then like I forgot what the other. Part of it was so my he's like I think he's like five eight and a quarter or something like that. Yeah. And, and my thing is this, right? I'm not once again. Xavier's faster. That that's 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 what measurable. That's what the testing. Now I ain't gonna lie. He the fastest four five five guy I've ever seen in my life. I ain't even gonna hold you. That is straight. That is straight Jerry Rice, uh, <laughs> of like football speed. Because I'm like this is the fastest four five five guy I've ever seen in my life. Because he rarely gets ran down. You know what I'm saying? You have to take a hard angle to go get Tank Dale. It just is what it is. I'm like, that's some different type of four or five. But X is bigger in, in the world of small guys. That's that's saying something, okay? In the world of small guys, X is bigger. He's more explosive. I think he has better stop, stop, stop and start than than Tank. The production just isn't there. Now, like you said, if you like a guy, you're going to make all the reasons to go get him early. And if you don't like a guy, you're going to make all the excuses to get him late. But I'm going to tell you real quick what a scout told me about Xavier Smith. He said verbatim, 
when you're 5'9", 170 pounds, and you're not a damn near if, – if we don't think you're um, – your special teams value is that high and your 5'9", 170 receiver and your FBS receivers at 5'9", 170 have to be so much better. I think Zay, Zay can do it, but is he – now even Tank – now watch Tank Dell. He was a punt returner. Oh, and a kicker. So yeah. that's the difference. So that's what if, – if Xavier Smith was a full-time punt returner, kick returner, wide receiver for FAMU for the past three, four years, we are, we're not – we're having a different discussion. That's real. But – the pat the, the special teams, man. That's what they that's they said. That's the only knock on Zay. But see, the issue is, is when you got Jamar Sharid, who is a perennial, yeah. like you see, like I, like what do you you know, like fam, you but anything five ten and below is a fam you target, right? That's what they love. I love love me some five ten guys and below. So you got Sharid, who is just as good, but he's not as as effective as a receiver. So just like you said earlier, I don't want to get my main guy hurt. On a punt return and kick return, when I got Sheree, that can do the same thing and, and do it better. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it is it, it was no it, to me. Listen, it's the same thing I feel about Isaiah Land. Fam, you did not do him any services by not allowing him to play linebacker every now and again just to get the tape. You know what I'm saying? So Xavier needed the tape. Like it's just like with anything else, you need the tape. So I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Tank Dell, I've seen the punt returns, I've seen the kick returns, special kid. But I'm just like. I, I I would just I, if I'm being honest I I like Xavier I just I like Xavier that's just I don't know I just I like Xavier more than than uh Tank Dell I just do I think he plays Xavier plays with a physicality that I do not see Tank is a diva that's how I when I see I see diva in Tank he doesn't act like a diva but he plays like a diva right he's not like X will run through you X will put his head boom I'm not going out of bounds Tank Dell is like okay I got the catch and I he'll make a move and then he will dive down you've seen it don't act like you haven't seen it Tank Dell with you with you I just I, I'm not for me personally I'm not picking a slot receiver over an X so. That's why Jada will be first before. I mean, yeah. I'm picking Jada. Sadly, I'm picking Shaq. I'm sorry, I'm not I picking agree. a slot receiver. I agree. So that's, I just, agree. that's just me. I so agree. Tank Dell. The only reason I will pick him because okay, yeah, you a slot, but I can throw you a punt return. You might be able to get some good field position. I'm not sure about that with Zay just yet. I know with Zay with uh, with Jadakus Bonds and Shaq Davis. Like Shaq Davis, I know I'm gonna get. You're gonna probably drop the slant route maybe two <laughs> out of five times, but you're damn sure gonna catch that 80 yard bomb. And if we yeah. still happen to get in the red zone, you're gonna get a touchdown. I'll deal with it. Yeah. Jacob Bonds, he does everything. He can do anything you want. Zay, it's hard on him. You, it's, 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 a, it's hard on him, man. It's just hard. It's I'm sorry to break my let me, guys. It's just, let, me, let me ask you this: If Xavier and I and I, I threw this to Blue right before we came on, I said. If Xavier plays at Clemson, is he not a better Hunter Hunter Renfro? <laughs> Damn. Um, I mean, from the athletic, from just pure athleticism and the ability to get open. I mean, they get open different ways. I'll say that Zay is just way faster than most of the people that cover him, and he's he has way more explosion at the top of his routes than most people. So. Hunter knows how to get open with what they'll call deceptive speed. He just knows angles and he just knows when his timing is impeccable. Zay is just like, I'm faster than you, silly. Leave me. The, you, you're not. Like, you watch the practices. It was just like, damn. 
he's that much quicker than everybody here. It was, he making dudes fall. And I'm just like, okay. I say, okay. So yes, yes, I understand that aspect of it. It's just, oh god, I just I feel for Zay, man. I really do feel for him because like he's not high on my list based on what I'm hearing from other people. Mm. Now, when I'm, so it's like I my how I feel is one thing, but how what people are seeing him as is another. I exactly. Guess. So that's what he tell you. Like he he probably loves a guy, but then he heard from scouts like <laughs> he wasted your time. So then you're like, okay, I got to drop him down my list because he's, the league is saying he's not going to get drafted. So I can't have him high on my list. So I feel for Zay, but he's going to get a shot, man. I mean, like we said, there are people that got drafted in the USFL that are not better than Zay. And Mark Evans is not playing the USFL this year. Neither is Isaiah Land. So their spot's going to be open. And Oh, the, the first pick in the draft, he's getting – isn't he going to be like a third-round NFL draft pick, the offensive lineman from uh, Michigan? Like, yeah, probably. He's so he's not good. So it's gonna be a bunch of open space. So okay. it's nothing to worry about. Zay's and, gonna use that. And, and with Zay, Zay compared to Tank, the other issue is is Zay Zay didn't get the shot to go up against P five corners at the senior bowl. Yeah. And I mean, Tank yeah. went viral every single day in one on ones for cooking the top of the top P five corners, regardless of size. I mean they're wanting a DB that stopped them all week long. And I mean, was straight embarrassing them. And so it X doing it at the legacy bowl, as much as I love the legacy bowl, it's yeah. not the same in terms of the eyes of the scout. If you're cooking kids from Bama and LSU and everything, it's different than cooking the, what the, the, the kid was from what Fort Valley state that he dropped. Yeah. And one-on-ones it's not, it doesn't hit the same for NFL scouts. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't but that's also why I said just, just reworking the timing of that, just so yeah. we can make sure our guys can get some more opportunities. Because I'm shocked that they didn't get something. I am I'm not gonna lie, but hey, a lot of guys didn't get something. To be honest with you, but that's this is how the cookie crumbles. I mean, he just has to. He just has. He's gonna get opportunities. He just has to be ready for it. It's just crazy to me that the guy who got the I think he's the only receiver that got a thousand yards in the swag was not invited. How how Dallas Daniels is invited over Xavier Smith in the East-West Shrine Bowl, I will never understand. Because Dallas Daniels has a dropsy issue. And you can listen, I've watched him enough times. He's a great route runner. He's great on he's a great third down blanket. I think uh, me and Blue said he's a better version of Keith Corbin. You know what I'm saying? When he first got there, better version of Keith Corbin. But he has the dropsies. He does. Like simple stuff. He has the dropsies. Not, not as bad as Shaq, but he has the dropsies. Xavier. Should have been at an East-West Shrine Bowl way before Dallas Daniels. Way before Dallas Daniels. That's just my personal opinion. But, hey, man. The, 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 well, there, there's some major issues. So I, like, I've talked to some of the people at the at least the Senior Bowl, and I'm sure coaches talked to the East-West Shrine Bowl. Mm-hmm. A lot of the invites are strictly based off of scout feedback. And so all it normally means if a player gets invited for another player is that their draft stock is a little bit higher at that point. And so you get guys who fall through the crack like X, like some other FCS guys who might not have the hype. So why do you invite someone who has no hype that the scouts aren't coming to see over a guy who's getting a little bit of buzz behind the scenes? I think that's a big flaw with how they pick players, but I don't see it changing anytime soon. Xavier Smith at Jackson State gets invited to the East West Ron Bowl. You can, you, y'all, y'all can miss me with all the other stuff. It happens. Xavier, well, I'm not. I'm not saying he doesn't, but I'm saying like based on what he did at FAMU, he wasn't getting the same type of draft buzz as Dallas Daniels was at that time. Swab him. Yeah, swab I'm with him. you. 
And he's at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Well, I well, imagine Kamari going to FAMU, and you got X and Shereed, and then you got Kamari's big self out there yeah. with him, too? Yeah. Man, he might have – Rashawn McKay could have won the Walter Payton with that wide receiver for If he could make the throws. I mean, Dallas is – I looked up the drop percentage. Here. I mean, Dallas is at eight, and Zay was at four. Okay, hang on. Four percent is a lot in drop rate. No, no. I mean, he only dropped four percent of his passes. When a guy doubles that, and you and he gets invited over you, yeah, doubling it. That's a bad look. It's it's a. It was more like a. How do I put this? Dallas can move around though. He could play. He could be an X. He could be. Are we not watching the same film? Xavier has played X and he's played the slot. Xavier Smith is, and I feel, I hate that Steve Smith was the one that found him because now everybody's like, well, Steve Smith was 5'8. Stop. <laughs> Steve Smith was a better blocker than most offensive linemen. Okay. Steve Smith was freakishly athletic. I mean, oh, he he had a, I know, I know at least a 40 inch vert because he's, it's different. And he was a kick return punter. So I just, like I said, that big – and I know Dallas wasn't a kicker there, but he was more versatile as a receiver, per se. And guess what? At the East-West Shrine Bowl, Dallas is getting open a lot. So it wasn't like they, – they didn't really pick a bad guy because at the end of the day, he performed very well. But, I mean, we thought we thought we were going to get land. I was like, dang, I thought we were going to get land at the Shrine Bowl. That would have been so oh, – I would have loved, loved to see him in person at practice, but – Dallas was a good pick because at the end of the day, Dallas is – I call him 35. He's 35. I trust him at 35. I do. That's, that's what I told Scotty. Listen, that intermediate, I'm throwing it <laughs> I'm throwing it to Dallas Daniels every time. Yo, that's his thing. Those in routes, he does, he's not scared. He's there. He'll sit right in the zone. He knows where to sit in the zone. I'm not saying they can't. I will say that is a little – that's what Dallas is better at Zay then. Uh, he's better than Zay at that, finding holes in zones and sitting in the zone and knowing when to work back to your quarterback. He's better than Zay at that part. And the way the league is now, these quarterbacks run over the goddamn place anyway, so you need to really know how to find a hole in the zone. Anthony Richardson is going to throw it like 10 gaps <laughs> over, so it's all good. Uh, he's he's going to try to throw it through your hands, man. Like the, the boy. <laughs> you know the crazy part? DTR throws through harder than him at the uh, combo. Yeah, but it's like, okay, there's throwing hard, and then there's like, how do I throw this in the game situation? You know what I'm saying? Like, Anthony Richardson is, he's like, he's the person on Madden that just puts whole X for everything. Like, whole O, whole X. You know, you're like, bro, like a, a bullet pass every time? <laughs> Can That's I get a block? <laughs> Can I get a touch? He just, it's a bullet pass every single time. You're like, dang, like. Can I get an instant rollout or a bullet pass? That's it. That's the only two options with him. Dang. I mean, you gotta just, you just uh, yeah. I, I feel y'all. I feel y'all everything. I know y'all. Everybody, I'm on the Zay. I feel y'all with Zay. I feel everybody with Zay. I just, it just was an uphill climb for him, sadly, because he wasn't a dynamic kick and pump returner. Sadly, all in all, to say that. I do, Sad, I, but it is what it is. Willie, Willie done willing it up again. I was, just, <laughs> I was just saying, I was just saying what it is. Saying like it, like saying Willie done willing it up again for my man X. But you know, either, man, listen. <laughs> Hey, Coach G, man, thank you so much, man. We appreciate the time. We're definitely going to have you back on for after the NFL draft, see if I'm right. Okay. (laughs)
about my man X. Watch, someone's gonna reach on X in the first round like that gave for Chattanooga last year. Yo. Just <laughs> uh, Scotty's going live immediately. I'm putting all you bamas on notice. If X gets drafted early, like fourth, third round, be like I told y'all. I'm going crazy. I'm going to go absolutely ballistic. But, hey, Coach G, man, once again, appreciate you. Guys, once again, the draft guide is in the chat. I'm going to drop it again on me and Blue's channel. You can go support $15. It won't break your pockets. Two cups of coffee at Starbucks. It won't hurt you, all right? Support us. This is a for us, by us draft guide. Once again, like I said earlier, if it was Mike, if it was Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, you'd be, it would be, it'd be $100, and it wouldn't be for your own players, all right? So it is what it is. But Coach G, thank you again, man, and we'll see you soon. All right, no doubt. All right, no problem. It, Hey, man, Blue, great man. Listen, great show, man. Listen, you know, it, it, it's nothing better than just talking football. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, what I'm saying. just really talking some football, really diving deep into this thing and, and what these players can do. Uh, what 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 do you have to say about the overall landscape of of HBCU football and and what's coming up? FCS, you know, you're the, you're the guru. You flow, you flow through these things. So what you got, what you see coming up in this next couple of years? I think this draft class will be good, HBCU-wise, FCS-wise. I think the, I think next year, man, all roads lead to 2024. Next year's draft class on both ends are is just going to be ignorant. I mean, we are go, there, there's going to be some legit prospects that I think are going to be no brainers, and so I'm just I'm just ready to see what happens this year. I think, like G said, man, if you can get anywhere from four to six HBCU guys and anywhere from uh, 22 to 27, 28 FCS guys, man, that's a hell of a year. Because next year, I, I if if the FCS ever expects to hit 30 plus again, it's gonna have to be 2024. Because mm. I, I think it's that, and I think HBCU guys next year, you could push the range to like six to eight potentially. And so, I think this year will be a, another year of setting the foundation for the for 2024, really, really changing the overall perspective of FCS HBCU football. I like it. I like it. And that's for, that's for the boy Wonder. That is from the boy Wonder. Blue, what you got coming up this week, man? Oh, weekend. What you got coming up? Oh, uh, man. So this, this this weekend I'll be taking a little bit of vacation, man, but got an interview with uh, Weaver State head coach Mickey Mental coming down the pipeline. Also, um, big announcement. Uh, your boy will be uh, taking a columnist role for Hero Sports, doing FCS columns over there uh, for that NGO Hero Sports. So that that will that'll probably be starting in a week or so. So I'll let you guys know. Official announcement come on Twitter, but wanted to drop it here. So be catch to work at Hero Sports. Still got the site going. Still got the YouTube channel going. Still writing for Falls Wire. If you if you're interested in that, man. So just staying busy on all fronts. Oh, uh, who who ain't you writing for? That's that, that, that boy a mercenary. You like need a writer? Come, come get your boy. You need a ride and come get your boy. You know what I'm saying? But, man, happy for you, Blue, man. You well-deserved, man. Uh, share your knowledge with the world, my guy. Keep doing what you're doing. Once again, people, um, I'm going to do a show tomorrow. But uh, girls need girls. If it, I know there ain't many women on here. <laughs> but girls need girls will be Sunday. I mean, tomorrow at 7, all right? Uh, Key's headed to Michigan. She got, she got training up in Michigan on Sunday, so she's going to be traveling. So, Tomorrow, girls need girls will be tomorrow. I'll make that news in their broadcast. I'll be doing a show tomorrow. Pay me about one. To, oh, I think the champion. No, it's not the championship tomorrow. Championship Saturday. So yeah, it should be good. So I'm gonna do a show about one to two o'clock. Hopefully, I won't be in the SWAC basketball arena. You know what I'm saying? And and anything like that. But we'll see. I'll keep it. I'll keep it fluid. But guys, listen. Appreciate your time, man. 
good good way to get back to football, get get back on focus, get back on track. That's what we do here on the roundtable. Keep it 100% football all day, every day. All right? So, listen, until next time, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to holler. God bless.